Hello and welcome to episode 125 of the UK Steelers podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Simon Stanley, and I'm joined today by a group I have affectionately labelled the Skellington Crew. Um, it's Dave Hart and Mike Farrell joining us once again. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, good. Anything could happen today, right? We've got, we've got no sound drops, we've got no... Uh... No rich to keep us all in check and be sensible. I've got, got none of that. It's, anything could happen. Yeah, I, I thought it was bad when you weren't here, Dave, because we just went off about movies for two hours. But, I mean, really anything could happen there. I mean, Mike could give us a full lowdown about the seagulls. You know, we, we could, this could turn into like a draft episode. I don't know. Um, <laughs> how's it going, Mike? And grand, grand lads, yeah. See, we've got the potential to go rogue today, I think. Well, well I, I feel like we need to start with the big news straight off the top. You messaged me a few months ago saying that the, the Seagulls were going to merge with another team, and I was bemused by the thought of this. This is a Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, by the way, if you just joined us, but we will get to that. Um, but more importantly, Mike, uh, who would tell you he isn't posh, owns a football team, uh, and he's now he's now involved in a, in a multi-million dollar conglomerate merger. So uh, just, the, just the update on that, really, Mike. No, absolutely. Uh, you can ignore the last 15 seconds of what you've said, um, <laughs> because none of it is it's all bollocks. Um... I actually don't have a lot of information on it, and uh, to put it out there, I don't own a a, a football club, unfortunately, um, or a futon. Sorry, um, <laughs> no, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I I did I did sort of have a chat with uh, with family who are involved in it, and uh, I think it was sort of they had they had enjoyed their couple of years running running Bray Wanderers and were uh, were content and sort of taking a step away and uh, and moving on to uh, moving on to pastures new. All right. Okay. So, oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Good for you guys. Do we have to detach our association with the club? We might yeah, have yeah. to. Dave. That's a good point. I think. I, th- I think so. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Well, it's all right because we'll just attach ourselves to your next endeavor, whether it be the MLB team that you buy. Maybe you'll buy the Steelers. <laughs> I hear the Broncos are for sale. We could always change the name of this show. Hey, it could be the new Steelers Stadium, right? It could be the uh, the Mike Farrell. Uh... Field, um, the Farrell field. field, Farrell Field, <laughs> Farrell Field. <laughs> if that's the case, lads, I'm gonna to have to charge a higher fee for jumping on with you boys. Uh, what's more than nothing? Uh... <laughs> well, I did call you guys one minute early, so I am expecting the overtime forms to be submitted in a timely manner. Um, okay, two and a half minutes in only this time, we'll start talking about the Steelers. Um, <laughs> much to my discontent. Uh, what do we expect, right? Okay, who had hope uh, in the second quarter with ten minutes left, seven nothing up? Uh, oh. No. Uh, define hope. Uh, <laughs> like, Who believed? Uh, Who thought a... we were going to? When TJ ran that ball in, just a, a slight flicker, a little ember appeared. <sighs> you know, in my stomach. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know if I really believed it, but it was there. You know, I I wrote a few messages. I was like, this this def- this defense can do it. The offense is just going to keep <sighs> it here. <laughs> Yeah, I, I went into the game with hope. Um, I don't know if you remember from last episode, I went into this thinking that we could win this, not necessarily comfortably, but we could, um, if, if the planets aligned, we, we could do it. And I, like you say, I thought the planets were aligning. I thought, here we go. This, this is it. This is how it happens. We, you know, defense comes up with a score. If you, t- you know, get some turnovers and, and keep, you know, in good positions and get some good field position, maybe we can score some points. But no, no, there's drops galore. Everyone's rubbed butter on their hands. Of course. Yeah, the running game can't get going. Um, linemen are blocking the wrong direction. Everything went wrong, man. It, it just fell to pieces, and then and my hope followed. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you believe Mike after that that touchdown? 
I, I may have sent a few text messages as well. Um, <laughs> to be honest with you, my roller coaster of emotion, I can only blame you boys because oh. I was out going for a walk, listening to the podcast last week, and at the end of it, I felt incredibly positive. I thought, well, if the Peyton Manning-led Denver Broncos won the Super Bowl and he was moving around <laughs> like a statue. We've absolutely got the chance, you know. Von Miller played well in that season. TJ Watt's having a phenomenal year. The stars are aligned. It's going to work. And then, yeah... So thanks, boys. I'll take no. I will take no blame for this because I've been. I've not picked the Steelers to win in about twelve Touché. weeks. So you'll find anyone more negative than me, man. <laughs> <laughs> now speaking of negativity, so listen. I've started um, as I as I've said before, writing down like the key events in each year. I'm not going to go through it all because it's, it's boring to send in this game. But just listen to <laughs> to how this starts. <clears throat> First quarter, three and out straight away for both teams. Three and out again. Three and out again. <laughs> Chiefs blitzing us at will. <laughs> Punt away and it's returned all the way to our own red zone. <laughs> How depressing. And then obviously then the TJ deflects the pass, push picks it off. Um, Juju gets our first, four, our first first down on the fourth possession, but DJ drops a pass and false starts and back-to-back plays and leaves us in third and long. Fourth punt. <laughs> That's the first quarter. That's all of the first quarter. Um, and I think we had what six. I'm I'm just going down my list here. I'm on six punts before. I think it was seven in a row, right? In the yeah, end. before it started to, yeah, things started to happen. By which I mean, uh, Mahomes realised he was losing seven nothing in the playoffs and <laughs> dropped a <laughs> nuclear bomb on us. Um, I mean, I got to be honest. Towards the end of this game, I just lost interest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll go through. Uh, we'll go through all all the players, and I want to talk a little bit about. Um, the position groups. We're going to do a full, um, and Mike, you're welcome to join us again if you want to, uh, a full roster, um, like a, what is it? I don't want to say roster reset because that's what Dan, Dan Hanser says, but like I feel like breakdown? I'm always going to say it. Yeah, like a, like a breakdown of the team, go through the, the positions, how they all played and uh, who's a free agent and where we look to maybe need to strengthen, which is, spoiler alert, everywhere um, in the <laughs> offseason. <laughs> so um, we'll get to all that. But uh, the Steelers had 44 yards of offense in 27 plays at halftime. Um, and it's kind of frustrating, right, that then the offence, I mean, it didn't, you know, it didn't explode, but but it started to move a little bit in the second half, and then obviously by then it's too too little too late, and, you know, it's exactly what I was saying last week about we, we can't afford a slow start against this team, and, you know, I've got to say, I think the defence, not all of it, there's definitely a lot of problems with the defence in this game as well, but at least to start the game against a team like the Chiefs, um, has to feel pretty proud that you know a normal team goes out against the Chiefs and maybe scores on two or three of those drives at the start of the game, and all of a sudden you're in a real game. Then you know what I mean it's not it's not a complete piss take by the end. So um, this game was not unreachable, I don't think, for uh, a team with a not even an effective offense, but just you know a reasonable one, one that isn't all time bad. Um, but but that's my rant. It feels like a missed opportunity to me, but um, you know. Yeah, I, th- I think when you <clears throat> when you set the game off, as we did on D, you can't help in a way feel a slight bit of optimism about it, but then you've just got to wait till we get the ball and go, oh. yep. it, it's, you know, you can't win a game away against Kansas City relying on them to make mistakes. Um, because they, as they did, will take it to the cleaners in no time at all. As you said, as soon as Mahomes woke up and realised, oh, I'm losing in a playoff game, I should probably start throwing the ball a wee bit. Game over. It just flipped on the dime, didn't it? It was, uh, mm. and it looks so easy for them as well. That's the scary thing. Um, Is that the understatement of the year? Throwing the ball a wee bit, four hundred yards, <laughs> four hundred yards and five touchdowns. Threw the ball a little bit, yeah. 
He threw a few passes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's all right. He's all right. <laughs> yeah, he's not bad. Yeah. Um, ben, it felt like um, another, like I say, another slow start that Hawk does all year. Five for fourteen for twenty-four yards in the first half. Actually, makes me feel a bit sick. Uh, but he was the victim of a ton of drops. Um, I, I almost wish that they'd gone out in this game. I think a few people were saying this, right? And just let him uncork it. I mean, I don't know whether he's got it on or not at this stage. I think maybe, you know, we would say it trends towards saying he doesn't. But I, just let him go out there and at least, like, just call his own plays. Just go no huddle all game. What do we have to lose? Why are we continue? I was kind of hoping Rich would be here to go off on it. But why, why are we just <laughs> allowing... You know, Matt Canada to uh, continue with this failed experiment for one more game of the playoffs. Just, just let's see what Ben wants to do, you know. I, like Ben said, we, we're the worst team in the playoffs. We're going to lose. Why not just go out and have fun? Why are we throwing these same, you know, I don't know. It, it's very frustrating from a scheme perspective. but um, And yeah. it, it, it makes you think, and this is probably, you know, a, a conversation for another day, maybe when we're talking about coaches and everything else. Is, is a fundamental, is it a scheme or is it a Ben decision-making? Because yeah. there was a couple of decisions he made which were horrific. And I'm not, you know, you can't blame, I can, you know, there's stuff to blame Canada on absolutely throughout the season, but there are some things which which you've got to blame Ben on. And then, you, and then it sort of goes to the question, well, is it just a case if it's Ben's decision-making to, to, you know, throw the three-yard slant on third and 12? You know, it, it's... Yeah. Is he just saying, I'm just going to get rid of the ball as quick as I can. I have, I don't trust the O-line. I haven't got the time for things to develop. I'm just going to throw it out and hope that my receiver can gain, you know, 12 yards in triple coverage. Um, <laughs> there was a few mistakes like that where I've, I've sort of got to point the finger at Ben a little bit on his decision making. I mean, how how much of it, of, of that alone is on Ben? So I'm like, we've been saying it a lot this season. Like, I mean... The one thing I'm not going to miss about Ben, I mean, love Ben, I'm going to miss him, but I'm not going to miss from this last season is the constant pass behind the sticks. Mm. You're on a, you're on third down and you're passing it one one or two yards behind the stick and hoping the guy is going to have the world's most Madden elusiveness and <laughs> get his way through, like I say, three guys to get to, to the line of gain. It, it's, it's not going to happen and I'm not going to miss that. But it feels like I'm not, I'm not sure whether that's a a scheme thing or a Ben thing because even the commentators are talking about it they're saying that you know this is a team who clearly wants to let the receivers make the yards and Ben's not passing downfield and anywhere near enough to to particularly on these third down situations because we're finding ourselves in them constantly I mean maybe it's a little bit of a like wasted breath talking about this now because it's it's not about fingers crossed and touch wood it's not going to happen again Mm. but um you know Running the ball twice, getting no gain, finding yourself in third down, and then throwing it behind the sticks. Punt. That's that's the that was the story of this game for, for seven times. Yeah. And how many times do you have to beat your head against a brick wall as a as an offensive coordinator to expect that to work? Well, that, so I'm um, I'm not sure whether it's a Ben thing or a, or a coach thing. I, I've said all. I mean, I've, I can't remember what game it was, but it was one of those games where we came back from behind, and, and I said I wasn't going to criticize Ben too much more this season because of of what he'd done. But I think what you're saying is very valid, Mike, and I think he's he's definitely not above uh, criticism this season at all. Um, you know, Rich has been saying that all season about his decision making and 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 mm. the the bad decisions he's made with some of his throws. But the problem I have is, regardless of that, it doesn't feel like there's a plan B. Like Dave said, we we seem to if we run the ball twice or, or once and we get behind the sticks, which let's be honest, happens ninety percent of the time we run the ball. It feels like there's no plan B then because this this offense and and maybe this works with a mobile QB next year or something you know maybe 
Marcus Mariota comes in here and all of a sudden this is like <laughs> the most insane offense you've ever seen. But Whoa. I know, right? But um, as it is right now, it just feels like there's just no legitimate plan B for when we get in those situations. Canada wants to like, you know, dink and dunk and, and hug the sidelines and, and just run these short throws and, and let the receivers do everything they can with the ball in their hands. But it, it's just not going to happen when you uh, you can only complete one pass every three downs for three yards and then the other two runs go for for, for zip. I mean, it's, mm. it's no surprise that we end up putting the ball away six times in a row in this game. It, it, you've just got to... We didn't have any... And again, maybe that's uh, a thing with Ben and we don't know and maybe, you know, the confidence isn't there that Ben can consistently hit those targets in the mid and the deep range mm. of the field or across the middle. But I feel, like, I feel like we saw enough of it this year on the rare occasion that it happened. Um, he, he, that he I can, it. Yeah, that's what I mean, right? He, I mean, even he does it in the, the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. So, so it happened all last season. We had, you had, you had uh, Super Ben come and rescue us in the fourth quarter last season. He's done it again this season. And it's it, it's when, like I say, when he, you uncork him, you let him do it himself, that's when Super Ben comes out. And this is what I mean. So so when we get to the playoffs, I, I have to ask the question, why don't we just say, effort, Ben, go out there, let's just do what you've been doing in the fourth quarter, getting us back into these games in the first quarter, uh, and try and not get you know behind against the Chiefs. But... Mm. It wasn't to be. Listen, I think even then it would have been a very, very tough ask, right, against it to go up mm-hmm. against this offense. But you know, maybe with a bit more I, juice yeah. in the tank on defense, he could have done it. What are we like thirteen point underdog, thirteen and a half point underdogs, or something like that? Um, I just realised, like you said, effort. So apologies if I probably sweared profusely. Oh to no, our listeners. I, you know, I don't know why that is. <laughs> I think once upon a time, Gav told me off. So now I like it's like HBO in here now. Like I limit it to one f bomb a day. I didn't want to waste oh. it today, so. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, don't, I don't give a shit. You, you nah, go for worry, it. You, you go for it, man. <laughs> Thank you very much. No, one of the, do you know what? One of the plays that I watched back um, this morning. You know the the third down pass where DJ stopped right at the end of the route, and a sort of ball just flew ten yards over him. Mm. Mm-hmm. If you look at who else is running in that play, you've got Claypool out wide on the right, one on one. You've got Juju across the middle on a with a linebacker on them. Uh, good pocket. So there wasn't it wasn't much in the way of pressure. Uh, I think Ben would have had enough time to easily get it to Juju first down and probably an extra five yards after that. And Claypool was in single coverage, and Ben throws the the token fuck it ball to DJ in double coverage. I get DJ is a phenomenal player, but he's in double coverage, and you've got guys wide open. And that sort of to me is the argument of Ben's decision making over Canada's play calling because mm. yeah, I, I can't remember who else was. Um, Frymer to Gentry were running around as well, and it was they had a man on them, so that you know that play's gone. But Juju was wide open, and at least with Claypool out wide, it was a one on one. If we're not getting the catch, it's potentially a flag, then fair enough, you take that. But DJ and double coverage, it's just the wrong decision, it's the wrong decision, and and, and that's it's frustrating. And you know, I, 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 this isn't going to tarnish Ben's reputation at all. You know, he's he's he's, he's been the only quarterback I've known following the Steelers since mm-hmm. sort of. 2006, 2005 sort of time. So, um, you know, gold jacket, all the rest of it. it but like, you know, he doesn't go without criticism. Is uh, is all I'd say. Um, but it's, it, 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 I'm intrigued to see what comes out of next season. Whatever we do in the QB side, uh, Canada's obviously going to be running the show. And, and and Tomlin sort of said words to that effect in his his uh, end of season conference. Um, so I'm interested to see, yeah, how Canada, Canada develops the O for 2022. Yeah, and so much of it's going to play into what kind of uh, 
what kind of quarterback we end up with. There's to- I think Tomlin kind of hinted that he wants more mobility mm. in the quarterback, which I suppose would be hard to find <laughs> someone less mobile. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, unless it's just Ben in a mobility scooter. Um, that's what he means then. Wow, I'd love that. Ben on a Segway. I reckon he'd get more rushing yards. <laughs> <laughs> the QB sneaks would be insane. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll get to coordinators and stuff later on. We'll, we'll, we'll talk a bit about all that. Um, you mentioned the re- receivers. Well, I, is there anything else you want to say about Ben? This was Ben's last game, right? I, I, I don't know. I feel like we kind of eulogised Ben after the Browns game, and ever since then it's been like, oh, another game, <laughs> another game. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else we can what can really be said about Ben. Um, first battle Hall of Famer, his, his final touchdown goes to James Washington, his final catch goes to Zach Gentry. So um, jot those notes down for your quiz questions. I always say that, but then, you know, what quizzes am I going to that are ever going to ask that? You know what I mean? All the quizzes I go to are like, what's this lake in London called? Or, you yeah, know, it's a very specific some, quiz, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe we'll host one one day, and that'll be one of the questions. Yeah. That's not a bad show. That it's is, a long off-season, man. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. Let's get everyone in. We'll do like a giant pub quiz on the show. That's a great <laughs> idea. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Um, anything else on Ben before before I move on? Anyone want to say anything? Any words? No. <laughs> As he goes I, I off just, into I, the sunset. I just, I just wish that the last game was the Browns game. I think if you could choose yeah. a cut-off point, that would be mm. Chop it off there. It just kind of felt like it was. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. These last two games have just felt like... Um, I mean, we won the Ravens game as well, which is... <laughs> you know, you forget, but... Um, they just felt like that Browns game. The final home game was the last game, and then this was just playing out the yeah. season. Um Anyway, uh, the receivers you mentioned, um, I, I, I don't know what's going on here. I don't know. I mean, it feels like this has been coming for a while now with DJ and Claypool specifically. DJ, um, just multiple drops, just like you said, Dave Butler on his hands all day. I mean, this this really needs addressing the offseason again, which is such a shame because, you know, up until week 10, 11 or whatever, we, you know, you were seeing PFF tweet those things about him having zero drops and all this. And then, uh, you know, it's just come back. He's just got the awful case of the drops. He's making mistakes. We've got miscommunications going on. Just a, a dreadful game from DJ. He got the TJ, uh, the TJ, the touchdown at the end, but um, celebrated profusely 30, 35-14 down. Um, Chase Claypool just letting long clankers just land <laughs> straight through his hands. Uh, he's frustrated me maybe more than any other player on this team, to be honest, this season, because I, I, I was so high on Claypool last year. You know, yeah. and and has there been a bigger disappointment? I don't know. Am I forgetting someone? Maybe Devin Bush. Um, um, but Bush just, should be close. Yeah. Just consider. Yeah, say. Bush is probably above. But I just mean considering where where we thought the players were. You know, Bush was always a question mark. Whereas Claypool, I thought was was ready to be a superstar. So it's the. I think what the disappointing part is is that Claypool was and was and probably is, but there's been some sort of slump in his in his play that he was this contested catch. Mm guru just knew what to you know that was his thing and he can't do that thing right now so you're thinking well what's his role on this team if he can't do those things and if if well it felt for a while that Ben didn't have faith in that contested catch sort of um ability he had and, and not throwing passes to him and if he if he did go up for it it was ended with that meme where it's just him lying in a very you know various positions <laughs> on the ground which which is funny but it's it's also true um so it, it sort of I think that's why everyone's I, I know that's why I'm disappointed because he's he's supposed to be this guy who's so great in contested catch and just isn't doing it you know but then you got you got Washington who did that this this uh, in this game he, he was high pointing well and I think it was the what was it, his 
Um, his touchdown grab was sort of a, a, de- mm. a contested catch as well, I think. I can't, I can't remember. I, I think I, my brain had switched off by that point. <laughs> but <laughs> I think I was just staring blankly at the screen at, at like five in the morning. I was but, arguing um, with Bengals fans on Twitter, so don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But yeah, Washington stepped up. I thought he, I thought he had a, a really good game. Well, particularly in the fourth quarter, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Washington's another weird one, man. Like this is probably his last game for us, and and you know, I, I, I can't think of a player that that I feel is so good that still feels like a completely wasted pick. Yeah, he's giving himself some good tape for whatever team he goes to. Yes, that's Where's exactly that right. Yeah, just feels like underutilized here for some strange reason. I can't quite put my finger on. Um, but this is what I'm saying about Claypool, right? Imagine the the, the off season plays out like this. We we resign Juju. Obviously, DJ sticks around. Um, and we draft a receiver in the third round, right? And then that receiver plays well in the preseason. Is it out of the question that that receiver then bumps Claypool because he isn't bumping one of the other two? Mm. You know, I, I, I'm, I, it's unlikely, right? I don't think we pick a receiver with our needs anyway. But it just—it feels like Claypool right now is. I think they've got belief in him, but it's just such a. I don't know, man. I'm so disappointed in what Claypool brought this year because I felt like he was a, a negative. I don't, you know what I mean? I felt like I don't know what the end of the year stats yeah. are. I haven't looked at it, but it just felt like all the talk around him and the bullshit just felt like uh, bigger than the actual play that we saw on the field, which is a shame. Anyway, Mike, I'm, I'm mm. blabbering on. What do you think of Claypool? <laughs> I, I'd agree. There was, there was I was disappointed, and I was sort of hoping him to kick on a gear again. If we're if we're going to say one of his biggest traits is is high pointing deep bombs, and we've got you know, a statue, a quarterback, that doesn't help. I, I will also say some of the receptions he made in the game against Kansas, you know, little slants across the middle, we should be using that a lot more mm-hmm. because the second second cornerbacks are, are, pl- are playing off man and he runs, a, you know, three yards and go to the um, uh, slant into the middle of the field. He's gone. Yeah. And we, we didn't utilize that enough. We predominantly used him as, you know, the occasional jet sweep and, and a deep ball down the sideline. He's got more to him, and I think we need to utilize that a bit better. I, you could argue James Washington is a better outside receiver, high pointing a ball. I think if someone was very strong and argued that, I, I can't can't blame them for thinking that way because he does come up with a couple of highlight plays like that. I just think Claypool was utilized um, not as effectively as he could have been. Put it to that way. I mean, only two touchdowns as well this season. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, I mean, we we said that a lot at the start of this year, Dave. Right, we talking about Claypool and the way we utilized him because we we wanted to yeah. play him in the slot originally, right? And then, mm. um, which makes total sense. Yeah, because because it feels like the option for Claypool this season has just been sit on the outside, which is where Ben isn't really going anyway because he's he's shooting it to DJ in triple coverage every play, mm-hmm. um, and go for those deep balls. And and like you say, I think yeah, I agree. I think if you put him in mismatch situations, almost look at him like a tight end. I'm not saying play him at tight end, but the way that people utilize these tight ends like Kelsey and, and Kittle and stuff, these big body dudes that just completely box out these small slot corners and, and middle linebackers, um, and just get him in mismatch situations across the middle of the field, man. I just, I don't know why he can't do that. He, so. In fairness, at Notre Dame, he did play a little bit out of tight end positions. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's not uncommon. And again, if you can. You know that. How do you win? How does how are teams winning in the NFL? It's mismatches. You know, people yeah. can't cover Tyree Kill because he's the fastest thing since Bolt. That that there's your mismatch. Sticking Claypool across the middle of the field with a linebacker cover him, they don't stand a chance because of his height or because of his speed, either or. That should have been utilised a little bit more, in my opinion. It goes back to, you know, it goes back to play calling. 
I think what Claypool should have done was line up across from Rob Spillane in practice, and then the coaches would have seen this. Two birds, one stone. We saw the return of Juju in this game. Um, made uh, he actually caught five balls, which is, ties the the lead in the team with uh, with DJ, but only for uh, twenty six yards. Doing a lot of what we we used to seeing him do with Ben in the in the final seasons with the the tough catches across the middle. Um, I'm surprised he yeah. came back for this, but yeah. Yeah, I I got so excited for Juju being back, man. It was that that was the icing on the cake for me. I, th- I think even even though this was a it was a depressing game, but it was it was one we didn't expect to win, so mm. it's whatever. Mm. But Juju coming coming back for this was was great. That really it, it cheered me up a lot, even this you know despite the loss. And even more, he defied his mum to go and play this. That 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 shows real spuds, right? Wow. You know, his mum was telling him not to, you know, look after your body because you might not be there, blah, blah, blah. And he went, no, mum, I'm doing it. And that's, uh, that that shows what, you know, not only, you know, not only is, is, is courage despite being out for three months, that should have been a six month, what, should have been a six month injury, right? Should have been six months recovery. Yeah. And, he's, and he's, he's chopped that in half pretty much. That's amazing. But, um, but no, he's defied his mum to, to do it, which makes him, makes him a, a hero in my books, but he's shown his commitment to the team. You know, he's he's, and he's he's. I don't think, and I know I've never been in, never been in doubt of that. But it feels like a lot of Steelers fans are in doubt of that. That they see this whole dancing on the logo thing as being, oh, he's not committed to the team. He's too busy to look after himself. I don't know, go go somewhere else with those sort of takes, man. And I'm nowhere near on board with that. I think it's it's the way the it's the way the NFL is. I think it's the way players are going to be now. It's it's a it's a big social media world, and you you got to play to that. I think um, people are overreacting to Juju, and I think I think he's one hundred percent committed to this team. I think he said it right. He said he he wants four more years four with the Steelers. Years, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Give give it to him. Give him four more years, please. Four more years of of fantastic fighting, hard nosed receiver play. I'll have more of that, please. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it should be perfectly doable, right? I mean, I don't think the wide receiver market this year is going to be crazy. He's been out with injury. He's had two years where the numbers aren't insane. Um, we know what he brings to this offense, but I f- and I'm sure the league does as well, but I don't think the league's going to pay him the way that maybe we thought they might have done three years ago. So, um, I don't know, man. Go out there, pay him $9 million a year for four years. Do it. I'd do it tomorrow. Ink it. Yeah. Let's get it done. Um, I mean, Juju has never done... This always annoys me with... with I'm, I'm probably going to reference the Bengals fans a few times because I, the, you thought you thought I didn't like the Bengals fans before. Wait, oh, after this weekend, <laughs> absolute shit houses, a lot of them. Um, You've got beef, right? I got major beef with the Bengals. I can't wait to hear this. I really went too far down the rabbit hole. Maybe we should just do this now. I went too far down the rabbit hole this week with the Bengals. I shouldn't have done it. I should have stepped back. I should have. I should have. Um, who was I listening to the other week that was saying... Oh, that was it. I was listening to this old fellow on this podcast. I won't go into the details, but he was saying, like, on Twitter, if someone um, if someone says something and I want to reply to it, I just put it in the draft for 24 hours, and then when I come back to it, I'm like, why am I sending this? This isn't benefiting anyone. I should have done that, but instead, um, I just clapped back at <laughs> Bengals fans all weekend. Uh, I think what frustrates me with them, and this is what I've been saying all season about Bengals fans not having any classes, that... I don't get this from the Ravens. I definitely don't get it from the Ravens. I don't generally get it from the Browns. Even you don't get it from the Patriots. Anyone, whoever you want to say, you know, the Steelers' rival is these people that don't follow the account. They don't follow me. They don't follow the podcast. They don't know who we are. But suddenly appear. They scuttle out from under the fridge as soon as the Bengals win one playoff game in thirty-one years. I want to start talking <laughs> smack. 
about how you know we've got the longest um, playoff win drought in in the AFC North. <laughs> I'm like, you want to talk about an AFC North win drought in the playoffs after you've just won one game in 31 years? I... Yeah. Uh, back in your box. <laughs> Honest, and then the cartoon characters because it started with the uh, the British Bengals fans, which is bad enough. But then the cartoon character ones came out. Um, you know, some of the American ones with the with the stupid profile pictures talking about you know trying to make jokes about being British because that's funny for some reason. Um, hey, that's my job. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> that's for me and Rich and no one else. Oh, gee, well, like, I don't even know what they'd say to you, Mike. That's that's scary. You know. These people, Jesus, we're probably, Americans, Irish, are probably related. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, honestly, you should, if you're not looked, go back at some of these messages. They're just some absolute idiots. Yeah. Good. good yeah. Good on you for calling them out on your podcast. So I yeah. Well, thank you. I've stood here behind the veil of secrecy, Dave, where nobody can hear me except uh, the people who listen to this show. <laughs> and I've gone on about it for five minutes. So. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't feel good about this. Do you remember when we when we had the Brian incident, Dave? I do. Yeah, I, I, I was, kind of felt he was saying that we couldn't be real fans because we're British, right? Yeah, or because we don't work yeah. in a steel mill. I kind of felt yeah, that was ridiculous. I kind of felt good about that. Not good, but like just totally in the right. Whereas in the, I don't feel in the wrong, but like I just feel like I shouldn't have engaged. You know? Yeah. So... Yeah, you, you, you you know, let these people have their bit of fun. You know, just just rise above it. That's what I did with, with you. I, I was going to send a, a rather pithy. You know, if not lewd response, and I said to you, "Should I send this?" And I, and I didn't in the end because, like you say, you, you know, you, you look at it twenty four hours later and you think, "No, that I just I'm going to look back on this and <laughs> and regret it." So I'm not I'm not going to send it. Yeah. Oof. Hmm. Don't know if I could leave a message in the draft for twenty four hours because if I still wanted to send it, I think, "God, I've just wasted twenty four hours." <laughs> <laughs> now it looks like I've waited twenty four hours to come up with this response. But now you, yeah, that's the problem. You are you are right though. I think that it's. I think um, maybe it's just a British thing. Maybe it's a our sort of pessimistic look outlook on life. That you you know you take you take defeat um, well because you just sort of make it's like is it classes gallows humor where you just sort mm. of say something like oh yeah we suck you know yeah. sort of thing. Whereas you know be you know being gracious in in defeat I think is sort of that our way of doing it of saying yeah we're awful. Uh, but it seems for. Bengals fans, particularly at the moment, they they can't be gracious in in victory. I, I think the point they were making, I, I did understand what they were saying, was that I'd sent out a tweet, um, I think earlier in the day or the day before, saying something like, um, "Bengals fans should know better than getting excited about Wild Card Weekend with 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 a winky face," right? Which was a joke. It's a joke, people, <laughs> right? And then, of course, that must be why 15 people had bookmarked it and decided to come. Uh, and then I'm getting the gifts. I've got Zeke Elliott eating his cereal, you know. I've been getting this all season from Bengals, especially when the Bengals beat the Steelers this year. Um, so, you know, and I just don't get this. When the Ravens beat us, when the Browns beat us, when the Patriots beat us, I don't get these losers coming out the woodwork, um, just rattling on about, like, the one game they've won in, like, 60 years. Like, shut up. <sighs> anyway. We said this is going to be an hour-long podcast before this started. I could talk for two, I could talk two hours about this. To be honest, I'm so I don't know even know what I am. I'm just you know I've been saying it all season. I feel like I was proved right. Classless, classless. Not all of them, to be fair. Like the actual the guys who run the um like the actual I don't know if it's official, but like the UK Bengals Twitter page. They're all right, guys. They're fine. No problem with them. But uh, you know certain cohorts, and I'm sure it's the same with the Steelers, right? I'm sure. Well, I'm, I'm sure there is. There's there's definitely asshole Steelers fans like Brian. Um, but uh, 
Anyway, let's move on. Nobody wants to hear any more about this. Um, I want to talk a bit about the tight end because I feel like t- we're talking to people that have been underutilised. Um, obviously, we've got Frymouth, who I think had a great season. I- I've spoken about how I- I've been more impressed uh, by him than any rookie on this team. Uh, and Gentry's broke out a little bit as that as that second tight end. Uh, and both were used a little bit in the passing game today and throughout the season, But and they found good space across the middle at times. Um but again, I just feel underutilized in favor of like mistake-prone wide receivers all day, just over and over again. Um, and it, and it seems like the story of the season that nothing ever changes. Like, why are we not targeting these guys more? Or, the, or why are we not scheming ways to to get them the ball in the hands more? Because these feel like the reliable, hard-nosed guys that we needed in big moments like this. And you know, the amount they've been utilized throughout the season, and especially in this game, uh, was criminal. So, I don't know what yes. you thought. What are your thoughts on that? Is this Ben's lack of willingness to throw anything over the middle for fear of being picked off? Is it something to do with that? Because um, you know, it's predominantly over the middle yeah, where you're throwing it tight end. I always consider Ben's like unwillingness to throw over the middle to be like slightly deeper, and these should theoretically be shorter gains, really. Um, but mm. yeah, I mean, it could be a bit of that, yeah. Um, yeah, Mike, what do, you, what do you think of the tight ends this season and how they were utilised? Totally agree. Totally agree. I, th- I think both of I, I think Gentry in the last couple of weeks I've been quietly impressed with. Mm. Um, I sort of thought on the presumption that Ebron's going to go, are we going to need to bring someone in as a tight end too? But actually, I've been quite impressed with Gentry. I don't have an issue with him continuing on as tight end too. Um, the issue is, as you say, utilization. You know, how many receptions do they make where they run six yards, turn around, face Ben, catch the ball, and then I've got to break a couple of tackles to gain two yards? Yeah. It, it it's. I think there are better ways of scheming them, scheming them open, um, and fair play to Pat Fryermoot because I think like, like you, he's had a phenomenal year, and if your rookie tight end is coming out and having a year like that, I'm, I'm incredibly looking forward to what he's going to be like over the next few years. It's it's been a while since I've seen any uh, rookie tight end have as have as good a year. Obviously, um, you know the fact you know. Falcons are, uh, are are delighted with the with their boy, but I think Freymuth has had such a good year. It just sort of gets me buzzing for what he's going to be like. Um, they're going to be like for year two. Yeah, he's he, been he's been getting called out on Twitter by Ryan Switzer, right? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Ryan sorry, about the Twitter talk, but you know, Switzer dropping the uh, the truth bombs. Yeah, saying that um, he'd he'd because he did have a miscommunication with Ben on one of his plays, and he apparently ran the the wrong route. And we know that because Ryan Switzer's out here <laughs> dropping scheme bombs on Twitter. Um, from his couch yeah yeah I agree it's funny if you used to listen to the Dave Damashek podcast um, the producer on there Eddie Spaghetti right he they when they drafted Daniel he's a Giants fan when they drafted um, Daniel Jones he was like so against the pick and was slagging the pick off and then Daniel Jones comes behind like behind the scenes into the green room and all of a sudden the <laughs> Damashek uses a joke for years because he suddenly became super nice to him and was his best friend and was shaking his hand and took photos with, with Daniel Jones. <laughs> so, And I kind of feel that way with Pat Frymuth because I'll always remember that the start of my relationship with Pat Frymuth was me tweeting, please don't take the tight end. <laughs> but he's quickly become one of my favourite players on his team because there's just no bullshit with Pat Frymuth. He, he catches almost everything that goes his way. He rumbles forward for four more yards. He's surprisingly slippery. He's, he's quite agile. He's got great hands. I'm in love with the dude. He's quickly become one of my favourite players on this team. Um, and yeah, sorry, go on. Just to, just to make you feel more awkward, sorry, uh, Dave and I have an organised. Uh, ladies and gents, joining us on the podcast, Pat Froyermuth. <laughs> <laughs> I, hate, I hate to remind you, sir, he was he was a, a Dave Hart uh, Red Star. Oh, no, was he really? Pick. 
during oh, the dra- during the draft coverage. Um, I, I of course did sort of maybe because like as as the draft season went on, we sort of thought should, should we be red starring the guys who are you know not in positions of need and tight end at the time wasn't really a position of need because we had Ebron and, and what have you third third and Ebron as it were. I forgot Ebron was on this team, <laughs> but um, so did my yeah. Canada. <laughs> so yeah, so so did he. Um, but no, I'm I'm uh, I'm happy. I, I think, like you say, he's just a, a guy who's. I mean, in the draft, he was he was this guy who was a, a, a almost a, a big receiver, right? Um, that couldn't block. Supposedly. Baby Grunt was his nickname. Yeah. yeah, and he showed himself to have. Maybe he's not quite there with blocking, but he's good enough at it to, you know, to be su- to be sufficiently good enough. And uh, I say, as a receiver, he plays almost like a receiver. You know, he say he's slippery and he's he's tough. I say he rumbles those yards, goes through guys. I think he's got a bright future. You know, even as a a top, maybe even a top five, you know, tight end in the league. You know, he's got that ability there. You know, I'll tell you one thing about Pat Frymouth. I guarantee that he doesn't have TikTok installed on his phone. No, he can strap me that kind of guy, right? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, to be fair, it's, it's, on, it's on my phone, but I sort of watch it for, like, uh, <laughs> tradesman things. But um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't watch it for TikTok dances, but yeah. You know. I wonder if we can get an answer to that. Can we find out if Pat Frymuth uses TikTok? Someone must be able to figure that out. Sweet, yeah. I'm sure he'll um, I'm definitely ignore it, it completely. Yeah, yeah. Not, not that it's a bad thing. I mean, listen, we just spoke about how Juju has never done a thing that I feel like has hurt this team. And, you know, he's a giant TikTok star, so maybe that was an unfair comment. But you know what I mean, right? Yeah, he just comes across like a certain kind of dude who's just all business and and yeah. That... He's not even on Twitter though, really, is he? Right, he's not a guy yeah. who you see tweeting a lot. Yeah. So I think he's all business. I don't think he's distracted. Hmm. Uh, moving on, uh, do you think we need another tight? Do we normally run? With... We normally run with three tight ends, right? Until Ebron went down, we've just kept two. Are we gonna? We could still pick someone up, but probably in that third tight end spot. I think you're right. Raider, right? Raider, mate. Yeah, maybe they just stick with him. Yeah. Has he done much in this season outside of sort of um, special teams play? I think he caught one pass that I remember. A little swing yeah. pass for one yard. <laughs> remember when we thought uh, he was going to be the Titan too? Well, yeah, uh, G- G- Gab was all about the the was it radar love, radar and, love, uh, and and the uh, and the pink wafer being booted <laughs> out. But no, uh, the pink wafer is now missing. You know, the man. I think you know. He finished the season two receptions, eight yards, and a long of seven. So I, he did have a one-yard catch, but he also had a seven-yard catch that I forgot about. Yeah. Um, running back, uh, Najee uh, just, I mean, he, he came into this game injured, so, you know, it's harsh. No running room all day. Obviously, um, people continue to harp on about the fact that he'd never fumbled the ball since he was like a three-year-old child. So uh, he, he coughed <laughs> up his first fumble in this game. It had to be in the last game. And it yeah, had to be in this game, right? You know, just at the moment where the, the Chiefs were about to run away with it. Um, so, finishes with... What did he end up with? Stupidly didn't write it down. 12 for 29. 12. Yeah, two, 2.4 average. Um, and two two catches for minus a yard. Um, one of the least productive Najee games you'll see. Um I feel like we just kind of abandoned the run. We almost abandoned the pass. But I feel like we abandoned the run in this game. Um, we had Betty Snell in there for two rushes. We had Kaelin Balaj in there for four. Um, wh- wh- Mike, we haven't really spoke to you about this. so And we- we've spoke about it ad nauseum. Where do you see this team going with the, the running back position in regards to the people behind Najee and how-, how you kind of fix the, the rotation 
going forward? You, I genuinely have been a little bit impressed with uh, with Benny Sma- Benny Snell Ball over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, we 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 don't need him getting eight, nine, ten, twelve touches a game. But I, I'm concerned of you know how many how many touches did Najee have have this season? About three hundred and eighty yeah. odds, including receptions. It's way too much, mm-hmm. absolutely way too much, especially on the you know however we're going to look in the QB position next year and as you said so earlier from Tomlin's perspective we might be looking at a more uh, more agile you know a, a, a QB with a bit more agility you can run the ball we're going to be relying on Najee a heck of a lot and we can't afford to be giving him 380 touches a game it's or, or a season it'll absolutely destroy him um you know looking at the last few games that Snell played it's just little stuff Chiefs five carries 20 yards just little stuff like that one reception six yards that's all we need to see out of them. But it's just to change it around a little bit. Ravens, two, two, uh, two rushes, 13 yards. Just keeps ticking over a little bit. Um, you know, this game, two, two rushes, 15 yards, two receptions, 16 yards. That's the sort of thing I want to see out of, of Benny Snell is the occasional rotation. Just give Najee Harris a bit of a break, you know, a bit, a bit of a breather. Yeah, I, I, Dave. I mean, he was your guy originally. Are you, are you coming back onto this this Snell train now that Mike's like allowed you to attend? <laughs> now that it's cool I again. Was, <laughs> I was on it last week, man. But I, I'm I'm not on I'm not on the Benny Snell train. It's not really it's, it's not really a train. It's one of those sort of pump trucks you see in the old western movies. You know those things where they do two yeah. guys pumping the truck. Mm. Um, it's you and Mike. <laughs> it's me and Mike pumping <laughs> yeah. it along the, on the rail. But um, but, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> that's a, that's a kebab corner, but um, I've lost my train of thought. Now. I just I'm don't need to think about you and Mike <laughs> pumping Benny Snell down the track. <laughs> oh, sorry, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but um, with, with Benny Snell, like, I'm not into him for the same reasons as I was coming out of the draft. I was I was into him for he, he was this almost like a, a smaller version of Betis, right? He was just this thumping back who was tough and hard and made those yards but he's, he's not that guy I think he's he's shown himself that he's not really that guy when it comes to the NFL he's, he was that guy at Kentucky in in in, uh, in college ball but when it comes to the NFL he's not the same guy he's, he, he requires he's, he's a bit he's a similar victim to the, to this team in the same way Connor was that if the line isn't working he's not going to work he needs he needs the he needs the push he needs he needs the holes to open up a bit more to give him that ability and that's what Najee does well in terms of overcoming that, he he makes guys miss. Snell hasn't got that, but I, I'm 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 into him that in the fact that when this line is doing well, which I have hope that in the coming season, well next season, um, is going to be improved. That Snell can move with that and be uh, a good backup. You know that, that he's going to be a, a guy that's good in relief. Like I say he's not, we're not expecting a load of carries out of the guy. You just want a guy who can come in in as relief. And be effective enough to keep keep the ball moving. You know, you, you don't want a guy who's a Najee Harris number two. You, you you want a guy who's just effective enough. And I think that's I think that's Snell. I don't think you have to go to the draft for that. I think you, you can probably get guys similar to Snell. With you know, but why would you want to do that if you already got a, a Benny Snell? Am I making yeah. sense? Yeah. No, I, 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 I hear you. I, I just don't know what to think about Benny Snell. I, because it's right, it's so hard to evaluate these running backs with this line that we've got right now, right? And we see how Najee tries to overcome it game after game and, and uses that elusiveness to pick up two yards where he has no business doing it. And then when you see a guy like um, 
like Snell, it, it's hard. Is it fair to be overly critical to say that he's not picking up um, anything extra, or is that just the guy that he is? He, he takes what he's given, and you know, and, and on another team that might seem okay, and, and you know, all of a sudden he goes to Arizona, he's pumping in fifteen touchdowns in a season. It, it's hard for me to know. I don't know. I, I haven't been high on Snell this season. I just I didn't feel like he really brought anything extra to this team. And maybe you're right. Maybe that you would just replace him with another guy that didn't bring anything extra to this team. But I just feel like there's... And I, I kind of thought Bellage might have been that during the preseason. And he didn't end up being that. And I feel like there's guys out there that are um, just going to bring a little a little something-something. You know, something a little bit different. You know, something... Um, I'm trying to think of an example of someone I'd be talking about. It, this is a bad example because it was such a high pick, right? But... You look in Green Bay, right? You got Aaron Jones, and then you got AJ Dillon. Mm-hmm. You know that that is a one-two punch that I want to talk about. I'm not talking about you need necessarily need to go and take a second-round running back and plant him behind Najee, but I just think there's guys out there that might offer you a little bit. So whether it's mobility, whether you want more of like a little kind of a scat back situation going on, whether you want a, a real power back. Although I think Najee is a mixture of a power back and elusive back, but. I don't know, man. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm just not enthused. I don't know that I can necessarily get on his back too, too much. I just don't know that this is the team for Benny Snell to succeed on right now, and maybe it will yeah. be with the with an improved offensive line. But I mean, if if there was an AJ Dillon in the draft, because I, I was big into AJ Dillon around the draft, I think he might have been my another red star hmm. sort of pick for me in in that draft coverage we did. But um, yeah, if if there's another AJ Dillon, give me another one of those. I'm I'm in love with AJ Dillon. I'd love him to be a Steeler. I think I think he's got that sort of I don't know. He, he, I remember going into going into that draft and thinking, "Yeah, he looks like a stealer," yeah, which we think of everyone that we're in love with, right? But, um, but yeah, if, if, if there's a guy like him, I'd I'd take him over Snell. But you know, yeah. you know, I was high on in a similar way to you talking about Dylan there. Zach Moss, what happened to him? Where's he gone? Yeah, we got Buffalo yeah. over there, right, running with Devin Singletary all of a sudden, and there's no run game all season until the playoffs. And where's Zach Moss? He's not even active. What's going yeah. on? Yeah. That dude was a boomer. Let, let's salvage him. Let's swap him out for Snell. <laughs> <laughs> Overtrust in your own evaluation. Is that that's the, that's what PFF says, right, Mike? <laughs> that's me. If he's your guy, he's your guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, offensive line. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Just <laughs> no push all day. Uh, the rushing yards probably speak for themselves on this, and I think this has been. I mean, this has been done to death all season, but you can just see it, right? I mean. The push, the push is something in American football that I think is hard to describe to people that don't don't watch it, right? But it is so important where those first two yards go on the, on the defensive and offensive line to I think the consistent success of an offense, whether it be run or pass. If you can get an offensive line or a defensive line that can just consistently push the other direction one or two yards every play, even if you're not making splash plays, even if you're not getting sacks, even if you're not pancaking opponents. I think that's huge, and we've seen this team get pushed backwards two or three yards into the backfield over and over again all season, and we've tried to ascertain why it is. Uh, I think we've been unsuccessful. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Mike, I come to you for the definitive answer. I like doing this. I like just setting people up. <laughs> get under that bush. I'm wondering I'm wondering where to start. Um, yeah, look, we, we need an overhaul, don't we? Big time. And I think our bigger issue is up the up the middle. Um, well, I was going to ask you, yeah, if I was to ask you, because I think I I asked the other guys this this week, who are the guys in this offensive line that you would want starting next year still? Um, I would like to see Green at guard. Mm-hmm. 
I'd like to see Dotson the guard question mark on center. Not not that's not a knock on JC. It's more for say because uh, case of who else is out there. We get it. Tackle you all want Tyler Linderbaum? Okay, we get it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll see um, <laughs> tackles the problem is we're evaluating Dan Moore who's a rookie in the 4th 5th round who said oh there you go block left tackle behind again a quarterback that can't move who has no mobility um, and he's up against a decent pass rushers in the AFC you know a bunch of decent pass rushers in the AFC North it's tough yeah. I really hope Next season, we can sort of... That's one position we don't need to worry about because he's taken a positive step in the right direction. You know, he's he's very much been... been deep in the fire sort of thing and asked to do a heck of a lot more and he'll sort of grow as a result of that. I'm really, really hoping we can see that this, uh, next season. So, yeah. Three, maybe, places. Just rejigging them a wee bit. Um, it was interesting hearing Tomlin talk about Green and saying, well, you know, we... He uh, he played a bit of centre, played a bit of guard, a little noise. So he wanted to take advantage of his, uh, his his variety. And I had a quick look. He played very little centre. Yeah, I remember saying very, that when he came out, right? Yeah, he was, he was a guard when he came out. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm wondering if he's got one less thing to worry about. Are you snapping the ball? Mm. Just 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 try him and just try him in what is his better position. Um, the glue, which by the way is a great name for offensive linemen, that that's on the list of great American football names up there with Artie Burns, Christ, um, Kenny Pickett. Come on, um, what's, the kicker, what's the kicker called? What's that kicker called? Blew it, blew, blew it. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All you need now is a guard called like Dave Holding or something like that, and then you're in trouble. Pick me, the quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I've, I've lost my train of thought. Uh, Chuck, um, Chucks was the only one you didn't mention. Chucks, yeah. I thought Chucks played okay. Um, Obviously a free all... agent, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, and and then it's the Zach Banner issue, which yeah. is still just this massive question mark, which no one seems to be referring to. And when Tomlin was asked about it, he just did the usual Tomlin thing and said nothing. Said yeah, said <laughs> said a lot without saying very much. Um, so there's there'll be change. There'll definitely be change. And obviously with with them. Um, you know, a change of coach. We're presuming Chris Morgan's going to take the step up um, into be the full-time O-line coach. Um, you know, we're expecting changes there. So, I'd like I'd like to see a slight rejig. I think we do need to make some massive improvements, but I think we need to be we need to be um, be smart about this sort of stuff. It, it, it's tough, right? Because you don't want to waste um, the time that you've put into some of these guys and, and the draft capital, or, or you know, whatever the case may be, and, and the promise, right? You know, you look at guys like Dan Moore and um, and Green and you know, and even Chucks, right? And you don't want to you don't want to waste what you've done with those guys. But equally, if you just keep everything the same next year, nothing's going to change. So, it it is a really hard balance. I think we're going to have to see how the team wants to progress with. Um, but I, I think either way, we're going to see. Uh, well, I think we're going to see a high pick on the line. Mm. I'd be surprised if we didn't see at least one of the top two picks be be a lineman. Um, depending on how the draft goes, or, or three, I mean, it depends right with the quarterback. Obviously, the quarterback can throw everything off if we end up with a quarterback. Who knows what, what happens? But um, yeah, I, I think I am excited. It's not. It's weirdly, you know, I think it's the position that costs us the most this year. But I don't think yeah. it's our worst position. Does that make sense? It it can, it can improve. Totally. I think that there's there's signs of improvement are there, and I think with another another off season and and training to to 
Legloo together, whether he's there or not, <laughs> like you know, to, to, to have that cohesion together and working as a, as a unit. Because we've discussed it ad nauseum, right? That it, it's a line that's got very little experience together. They got experience on their own, but not together as a group. And the more that comes on, you know, the the, the better they'll get. I, I think there's, I think I, I think I pretty much agree with what um what, what Mike said in terms of who's going to still be around. Mm. I think um I think Dan Moore's them, you know, can be the man. I think he can be the the, the guy at that position. Um, I, th- I think you can save a pick at centre by having um, Hassanauer there. I, th- I think he, he he can be the man. I, th- I think he he can, with a, a bit more time, um, put his, you know, plant his flag on that position. I, th- I think he, he's he's got that way above above Green. You know, um, I mean, the, when you look at this game, this kind of City game, it, there was. I don't have you guys watched the I am Alec Kazora um, tape sort of break down he's, he's done of, of the line yeah. a little bit and there was a number of occasions where him and Tri Turner have sort of had a miscommunication of sort of each gone opposite ways and not not sort of quite understanding what's going on and that's that's a cohesion thing that's a playing together thing working as a unit thing and um, given time I think JC can be can be that guy at centre I, I, you know I think you can save your, your Tyler pick and, <laughs> and, and keep and keep JC and, and spend that pick elsewhere. Yeah. You know? I think you've got to be smart at centre. I think if the, if the opportunity presents itself, if there's a guy you like that falls to you in a certain place, I'm not going to kill kill you for it. But I hear what you're saying. Hasnauer has not been uh, awful. No, think, he's, he's, not, he's, he's not the a, best centre in the league, but he's yeah, not going to kill you either. I think he's a low ceiling, high floor kind of guy. Um he actually grades out quite well when you look at compared to the other bits in the offensive line generally because you know because I look at this every week now like I go and download the PFF grades and stuff and like just to have uh, extensive notes to chat through stuff as we talk and um, he tends to grade out like a little bit better than the rest of the offensive line so PFF sees something in him um, we saw that game where he came in for green we saw an instant push on the line it seemed to dis- dissipate but it's hard for a layman like me to know where that comes from and, and who's at fault for that. Is that, is that kind of juxtaposition because Green was always like three yards pushed back before Maybe Ben even it. got the ball? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I hear what you say, but or if there's someone in free agency maybe that, that you think is, is a good guy to go, because I think centre's a, a position that you can kill in free agency. Um, I don't. I haven't looked at who's that. I, I want us to do that maybe next week or the week after is, is go and look at some of the guys in free agency and I'll come back with who we think might be good options, especially with the money that we've got this year. Mm. Um, so yeah, sorry, go on, mate. I was just going to say, just to know JC is a free agent. So, mm, okay, we would need to have to sign him up. Okay. You could get him pretty cheap, though, right? He's not going to spend a fortune on JC has now. You get him for less than no. uh, Zach Banner. <laughs> He's a myth. He's not real. I don't believe. Him. <laughs> I don't believe in him. I like Zach Banner, but we, we got we got to move on, man. We can't keep paying this guy like four million a season to do nothing. Uh, it's more than that. It's nine point five over two years. Oh, disgusting. Um, Yikes! It's such a bad contract. Isn't it? Is that not the worst contract you've ever seen? Oh, okay. That band don't think so. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, also, enough for Tri Turner. I'm, I'm kind of done with him. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Um, not impressed me. There's been little moments where I've been like, oh, okay, maybe, but then between like spitting on dudes and then bloody just not being very good, and then he just totally missed a blitz pickup this week, and just Ben got sideswiped. I'm, I'm done. Let's move on. Let's find a new guard. Uh, maybe it's Green. Okay. On the defensive side of the ball. Oh, by the way, PFF absolutely leveled uh, Ben in his last game. Um, 35, it looks to be, his rating. Um, about 20 points below anyone else on the offence. So uh, go out, as you've been 
as you've been doing. Thanks, PFF. Appreciate that. That's nice of you. <laughs> I, I don't think Ben cares, man. I think he's too busy with, in his in his with his in his smoking jacket and slippers right now to care about PFF. <laughs> Um, over on the defence, um, I feel like I spent forever on this. We won't spend too long. Um, Cam Haywood is a force, man. I, I absolutely love Cam Haywood. We have mm. all season. I'm interested to hear what you think about this defensive line, Mike, because I don't think there's any bad... Well, let me let me rephrase that. I don't think anyone starting on this D-line right now is bad. Uh, I thought Wormley's had a pretty, pretty good season from what you'd expect from him. I think Adams has shown he's a guy you want to stick around. His first step is insane, as we've said for weeks now, and he, he uh, gets that sack of Mahomes in the third quarter. He impressed me in this game. I just think that you're playing guys that you want to be rotational guys, maybe reserve guys, guys that come in and do a job for you a few snaps a game, ten snaps under 10 snaps a game, and you're playing them as starters right now, and that's the issue, and that's why the run game on defense is, is what it is. Um, is that fair, do you think, or is any of these guys that you'd just get rid of? No, I'm totally in agreement. I think also the elephant in the room, and without knowing the full story, I won't say too much on it. Is is to it? Mm. Um, are we are we saying that the the it was his brother, wasn't it? That that yeah, that yeah. passed away. You know, it, it may have really really affected him, and if if you know, that's absolutely horrible. Um, you know, we are missing a, as a result. We're missing a starter, so we have to sort of dig a little bit deeper into into the available players that we've got but i've not got a lot of criticisms from the guys that we brought in i mean adams off you know practically off the street has played really really well um so it'd be great to see a full off season for him involved in the, involved in the in the structure um cam's calm do you know what I, I love so much about cam is how much tackles he makes eight yards down the down the yes. field yeah the and, insane. yeah it is, and you know he's thirty-two. He's not, he's you know not, no spring chicken now, but he's it's a hundred percent every time. And it's even little stuff like was it a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? He uh, he had a sack when we were down, and there was no celebration. It was just yeah. pick myself up, dust myself off, go to the next play. Because why am I celebrating the sack when we're twenty points down or whatever it might have been? Um, true leader, louder milk rookie. Um, I actually don't even think I. And I might have to double check whether I even scouted Louder Milk or not. So I was a little bit surprised we traded for him, but he's been okay as well. Um, again, for a rookie, rotational movements, I'm absolutely fine with that. So there's an, a lot of it depends on on to it, um, and what the long term plan of that is. I know the organisation planning and to, to sort of let, let him be and 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 whatever's going on in his personal life and privately sort of let that let that go through and sort of take it from there and fair play to them. That's the right way to go about it. Um, but once we know a little bit more clarity on that, I think we'll be able to make a call because that does have ramifications for cap reasons, draft yeah, reasons, yeah. free agency reasons, stuff like that, because we, we probably need one more player and that player is to it. Yeah. If, yeah. if he is making himself unavailable or, or for, or whatnot, then we need to look at having another player in there as well. Did, did we miss a trick this year by not... There was talk that we might trade for Fletcher Cox, remember, on the trade deadline, and, and guys, there was talk that Hargreave might come back. Did we miss a trick there, not not picking a guy up um, in free agency to fill that spot? I think the issue is Har- it's Hargreave getting paid for. You know, Hargreave's yeah. getting paid a good amount of money. Uh, there was no way. We, we, we could have afforded it without paying TJ. Hmm. It was probably going to be one of the issues. Um... I mean, it does. It, it does. The only question I would say is, you know, obviously we are struggling in the run game. 
is it a case of some of the players on the D line just make the occasional splash play and you think, oh, that's you know that looks good. Like an Adams yeah. makes a couple of great plays, but we are still getting beaten up front yeah. um, and conceding fairly substantial run plays. That, you know, you could argue whether that D line linebacker, etc. But there is there is a, a spot there that we need to fill, whether that's true to it or or someone else in free agency. Um, there's definitely a roster spot there for someone to fill. I mean, to, to to me, I mean, and and I'm no expert, but to me, it's not an issue that that issue with the with Rundy isn't on the line. I think that's on the linebacker. I think that's an issue of, I mean, it's it's no, I don't think it's any coincidence or not. It, it it's no coincidence. It's a coincidence that that the lack of Vince Williams has sort of coincided with the lack of Rundy. Yeah, I think he he was. So since you're Mike here, since you're here, Mike, he was a thumper, right? He he was a he was. He was that guy that he wasn't athletic. He wasn't a guy who was defending the pass well, but he'd stop the run. He was tough, and he and he he sort of had that sort of uh, future vision into the future, right? He, he could see the run play as it was happening and be there at the, that right moment. And that was Vince Williams' deal. That that was his game, and that was that's what he brought to this team. And it's gone now. We've got a, we've got a guy in Devin Bush who might be an entire bust. I mean, at the moment, as far as I see, he is a bust. But um, and you've got Joe Schobert, who's not lighting the world on fire, stopping the run. I think it all falls on that linebacker position. I don't, I don't think you can blame the line for this. I mean, right, we're down to it. We, who would be swallowing up rush, you know, runners left, right, and centre? He's a big dude who stops the run. But I don't think you can pin it all on a lack of a lack of to it. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with you there. In fact, I was ready to take the gloves off when we got to the middle linebackers, especially because uh, I was thinking about it. I was I was looking at these guys. You got Shaw, but you got Bush, you got Spillane, <clears throat> and you got you know guys behind them that are you know more more the re- filling out the reserves. Max Allen, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't want any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've decided. Uh, apart, I mean, I don't know whether the, the Bush is here next year, regardless, right? And then it's the fifth year option after that. Is that right? So, okay, fine, sit him on the bench. But other than that, uh, clear house. We need to completely, completely revamp this, far more than the offensive line. It's a joke. Schobert um, didn't even start the game over Spillane, who he was brought in here to upgrade, especially in coverage. Um, I don't know about you, Mike, I felt almost no impact from Joe Schobert all season. Uh, we might as well have just played with 10 men. Um, <laughs> Bush, um, he got the interception from Watt, but um, he's still being ridden out of every single run play constantly. Um, he's having miscommunications that cost him big plays. Um, he finished with one tackle in this game. Excellent. Um, Spillane always finishes a lot of, a lot of tackles because he's more of that downhill guy, but he should never be covering Travis Kelsey. He looks yeah. awful in coverage. Yeah. It, it, it's, I, I don't know. He's just he's a complete... I mean, it's, I almost feel like it's more harsh to criticise Spillane because he should be a role player and we, we're fitting him in because of our other inadequacies, but... He's just a liability, especially against a team like Kansas City with the weapons they've got. So, ultimately, I feel like none of these three should play a snap next year, frankly. I, like I say, Bush is, is a different situation. I'm sure he will because of the situation he's in with his contract and whatnot. But purely from the play on the field, i got no interest in any any three of them. Let, let's go out there. Let's completely revamp this position. What, what are your thoughts on that? Am I being too harsh? I, I mean, I, I don't think you are. I think linebacker's top priority in this draft at the moment. I think you, you you draft a linebacker as soon as you can, wherever the best one is on the board. But mm. I don't know. Just having a look, uh, next year Joe Schauber is nine point seven million against the cap. Nope. 
and if we cut him, we would save nearly eight million. Yeah, bye. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he's if he's if if we were to keep him on, that better be a very very team friendly deal. Um, and there's no guaranteed salary involved next year's contract either. Uh, Spillane, which but uh, uh, by the way, I'm going to start a wee rant now about this because ever since he came, you know. He became a household name after that big tackle, Denrick Henry, next year. That surname is an Irish surname called Spillane. Where the where the ball does the Spillane come in? Do the American always butchered that surname? But anyway, um, he, he he should go. There's no reason for him to be playing again. Why why is he? And this is a whole other conversation about coaching. Why is he covering Travis Kelsey? Oh look what look what happened! He's just been beaten again. <laughs> I mean, Jesus wept. He's he's not athletic at all. You know, he's he's slightly more athletic than Big Ben. Um, <laughs> oh. I thought you were going to say than me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's worse. Wow, it's not true. So I've seen you carry those futons in your house. Um, <laughs> no, he's Splan's got. I think he. I think his contract's due, due as well. I see no reason to retain him. Let's just let's try a bit of Buddy Johnson. Get another rookie mm. in. That's absolutely fine. I see no reason keeping him on the team anymore. He again. He he had a, he had a stretch last season where he did well, and I think everyone sort of remembers. Uh, the interception against the Ravens and that big hit against Derrick Henry, which which I think we also forget he had to go through concussion protocol after that tackle. Mm. So, yeah, it was great and all, but you ruined yourself. Um, I, I, I don't see it. He's an old school 20 years ago linebacker that when being asked to, to play in coverage, he hasn't got a chance. Uh, on Bush, the... the the thoughts I've got on that are he's coming after his big ACL injury. So I sort of want to see what he's like after a full, I, healthy off-season. I've had enough of this excuse, man. I, I, we've got we've got Devin Bush's dad saying this, right? And, and certain people have been saying this all year, but I, I'm not seeing the the game in his head. To, do you know what I mean? Like, Okay, so mm. he's going to lack some athleticism and he's a sideline-to-sideline side linebacker and... and you know, the worst thing you can do is, is lose some of that, that burst and that speed when, you, when you're that kind of player. But I think it's almost become like a buzzword. Like, we had Ryan Shazier, obviously he sadly got injured and, and we had to move on and we drafted Devin Bush and everyone just thought, well, he's a sideline-to-sideline side linebacker, so he'll fill that role. What role has he filled? He doesn't fill, like, 5% of... And he never has of the field that Ryan Shazier ever did. Like, he's, he's nowhere to be seen. And if he was a smart, if he was a cerebral football player that, that, that even, you know even when he loses a step because of this injury, he would still be filling some of these gaps and getting involved and making the tackles in key areas because he would sometimes be in the right position without having to make stupidly athletic plays. A linebacker is not always about crazy athleticism. Now, it helps. Of course it does. But I just feel like he would have been more involved. He would have made more plays. He would have... You know, the guy's healthy. He's playing He's playing ball, right? He's on the field. So, I don't know. There's only so far I could go with that excuse. And I feel like it's it's run its course for me. Um, and that, that's what's going to be key with next season. Yeah, I, I think I think that'll be true. That'll be the true indication of what we end up doing with his uh, with his fifth year option. You know, there's there's obviously no point in cutting the guy or anything along those lines. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't go so far as to say that, but I definitely think it's a you know to be always kept on him um, mm. and sort of saying, well, where's the improvement? Because you know, in his rookie year, yes, you expect a linebacker because they're asked to do so much. You expect him to have a bit of rough, but there was some positive play. Um, you know, everyone sort of looks at Devin White at, at Tampa Bay. You know, two Devons picked it in five spots at each other, linebackers, and he's played has some incredible plays. Yeah, he's also been burned a lot 
he isn't he isn't this sort of guy who comes in and and all of a sudden is an animal hmm. he has his bad plays as well yeah um you expect that with a player in that position who's asked to you know look in front of them to stop the run but then also keep an eye behind them to prevent the pass it's it's a horrible position to play in terms of the, the what they're expected to do i just i think the scope's going to be on him a bit next season devon bush i really do yeah just out of interest i know it won't happen but but out of interest for a guy like this, because he was the tenth overall pick, right? He must be earning a healthy salary. What, what's the deal with that? If you if you were to cut a guy like that, how much money would you save? Or would it just be an obtrusive cap hit that it's just? No, you would you wouldn't save anything. Okay. Uh, next okay. next season, it would cost us six million. Right. Okay. Fair enough. That's fine. Um. So yeah, I, I agree. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. You would. Uh, what I would say is, I would be very disappointed if the team didn't have an option if this doesn't work out next year. You know, mm. um, whether you start him or not, you decide in training camp. I don't know, but um, I want somebody there who's ready to play if Devin Bush is not ready to be the starter in that position. You know, the frustrating part of Devin Bush for me is that he's, if he's not over pursuing, because he's, he's, like I say, he's a sideline, a sideline guy, he's fast, but he over pursues, and that's between the ears. That's every, everything. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's that, it's the reaction. So, it's, if he's not over over pursuing, over reacting, he's been entirely washed out of a play because he lacks the physicality. Hmm. We, we need to find that. There's a sweet spot in there somewhere, but it needs a coach or someone to find that sweet spot in him. I don't know if he can find that sweet spot in himself. I I, I, I don't see how he overcomes this being in being a complete bust right now. I don't. I, I, <laughs> I'm really down on the guy. Yeah, I, I'm, you, not, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not saying I want him out right now, but I'm, I'm you know, give him another year because he's not going to, you know, nothing to lose. But, geez, man, if there's someone else better out there, you're going to. I personally would start them above him. I, it's. I, I struggle to start the guy at the moment. You know who's found that that middle ground? Nick Bolton. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Simon Win Stanley Red Star pick, right? He's was he like... No, he was definitely Red Star. He, he's become like the prototypical Red Star, I feel like. That is what a Red Star is. Yeah. And, and I've harped on about it every episode ever since. Um, do, do you agree? Uh, what did you think of, just out of interest, Mike, what did you think of Nick Bolton coming? Did you like Nick Bolton? I can't remember. Um, just because of my own yeah, obsession. I don't, think I, I don't think I was, yeah, I don't think it was as, uh, I was high on him as you. Um, did he have some off the field issues? That seems to ring a bell to me, but I, could, I, I, I don't think so. Maybe, I don't remember. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I, don't, I don't recall there being any. No, no. What it is is the other boy for the Chiefs, uh, Gay, Willie yes, Gay. He yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he he had issues. He Apologies. Did, yeah. Um, yeah, it was all right. Just wasn't as high on as you were, evidently. I'd have banged him in the first round. That was a bad choice of words. I'd have taken him in the first round. <laughs> 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 Gotta tell you, you're on that Snell train. I'm coming past the other direction. Uh. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, oh, I tell you what. One position that that has uh, impressed me this year, and, and half of it is obviously because we've got the best player in the NFL there, um, is outside linebacker TJ Watt. Um, finishes his season just padding the stat sheet again. Uh, finishes with three tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss, one pass defense, three QB hits, and a touchdown to add to his tally. Um, dude, dude is so impressive, right? But uh, there was one play he made, and it, it was only a tackle for loss, I think. Um, the Chiefs are in the red zone. He just comes around that corner before. I I, I was convinced he was offside because I thought it was before the ball was even snapped. Um, and it was a run play, and he just trapped the dude around. I think I think it might be an outside run the other side, or, or I can't remember now. But he but he just took the guy out before the ball was even in his hands. I was like Jesus. Um, and then Highsmith has impressed me this year in his in his sophomore season. Right? Um, is his sophomore season right? It's his second year. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
great sack at the end of the first half, pushed him out of field goal range. I think he scored anyway. Um, and applied a lot of pressure on that right side. And I think he's looked dangerous there a lot of the season. He doesn't always get the pressure on. And I think when you're up against, when you're on the other side of a guy like TJ Watt, um, I'm sure it's tough. Um, I think Bud Dupree struggled with that for a couple of years. But uh, I think this has been a very positive season in terms of his development. I think he's only going to get better. I think he's he's learning a lot from uh, a guy like TJ. And, and yeah, I'm very high on where Highsmith's going as well and, and his trend life. Totally agree. Oh, I wouldn't say no to sort of almost imitating what we did this season with Melvin Ingram and bringing a, an experienced mm. guy alongside. Taco Charlton, I don't think, is the experienced guy. Um, although he's done okay. Um, yeah, I don't mind having... Taco Charlton in that third or fourth. Well, maybe the fourth. You know, because mm. Tusker, Tusker, Suska, I can never say that. Uh, I can take or leave. You know, if, if maybe he doesn't make the, the squad next year, if there's another guy that slots in in that third row and Taco Charlton's in the fourth, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, so would I. So would I. Just one from a rotational perspective because we do we do rotate TJ Watt out as well a wee bit because mm. he does go hell for leather and he does need a breeder. Um, so I don't have an issue in getting an experienced guy who can rotate in every so often. But also maybe, you know, put his arm around Hoy Smith and be a, act as a bit of a mentor to him. Wouldn't have any issues with that at all. Well, I heard Hoy uh, Smith said in his end of year press conference. Did they have end of year press conference? He's in some press conference because he said it. Um, that he would love to go up to his facility in uh, Wisconsin and uh, and train with him this off season because he's got great stuff going on up there. I was like, all right, Alex, you don't need to invite yourself. Like, if TJ wants mm-hmm. you there, he'll drop you a text. <laughs> <laughs> don't need to go through the media, bro. It sounds a bit desperate. <laughs> Dropping hints. <laughs> so uh, no, I hope they do that. I like that. Let's get um, let's get the Watt brothers and and Highsmith hanging out in Wisconsin and come back even better next year. Um, anything else on? The linebackers before we roll on. I uh, don't think so. No. Okay. No, we've uh, made our bed there. Well, speaking of people who made the bed, uh, cornerbacks. Uh, Joe Hayden and Sutton were abysmal in this game. Uh, <laughs> I, I do, I, no, I always find it difficult to talk about cornerbacks when we play Kansas City because I think, boy, I wouldn't like to play cornerback against Kansas City. <laughs> like, <laughs> it feels real harsh, but. You know, we have spoken in the past about whether Hayden uh, is losing a step. He was absolutely destroyed by Byron Pringle on a stop and go, um, and he and he did look yeah. did look a touch slow. And I think maybe that's always going to happen to a guy like Hayden against the Chiefs. But hey, that's the problem if you want to start competing with a team like the Chiefs for the AFC. Um, what I did find funny about Hayden is that I think was it before the start of the season or week one or two, you heard the the leak from his agent saying that um, he was going to hit free agency. He was looking forward to going to free agency and seeing what was available out there and that's what he wanted to do and then uh, in two games against the Chiefs this year Joe Hayden has allowed thirteen, uh, has had 13 targets he's allowed 12 catches 156 yards 12 yards per target two touchdowns and 149.3 passer rating uh, and now it's interesting to me that after that that stuff in the preseason uh, he's now tweeting saying you know the Steelers have until March to extend me and, and, and I hope they do <laughs> not, <laughs> not got the market you want Joe <laughs> There's a 180 for you. Wow. Um, so I suppose that leads me to, to question: Should we re-sign Joe Hayden? This feels like one of the more divisive topics on Steelers Twitter right now. If again, I'm all I'm always happy to consider re-signing a player, but it's got to be value for money. Um, he's he's 15 and a half mil cap hit this year. Oh, we cannot be offering him offering him any cap figure like that he's the 15th highest paid cornerback in the league yeah um we cannot be 
giving him anything like that. If he comes back and he's rotational, that's fine. But on on starter corner money, no thanks. No, if he if he's if he's coming back or his agent's coming back and saying I want to be brought in on top dollar starter money, um, say thanks but no thanks. Yeah, I, I agree. I, what's Witherspoon being paid right now on this year? On this one year? Because uh, I... four mil. Let's let's swap those around. <laughs> he's the guy to bring back, right? He's the guy to keep around. So uh, I mean, it, it's it all. It, it feels like it's a well down the line. We're obviously going to be discussing whether it's um, a free agency thing or a draft thing. But it's it, it's it's a top priority, right? Linebacker and corner. Yeah. But we can't draft a corner. When have we ever drafted a good corner? Um, <laughs> Artie Burns, the who he who he should not be named. Um, but you named him earlier. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't advocate Joe Hayden sticking around for that sort of price tag. If 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 he's willing to sort of see sense that he's not the guy he once was, um, and take a, a massive pay cut, but it's not likely, right? Um, yeah, I'm, I I can't. I can't see Joe Hayden sticking around, but it sounds like Minka wants everyone around, right? There's all, yeah. all these articles are making the rounds of Minka wanting the entire, all everyone on the defense to stick around and stuff, but it's not going to happen, right? I don't, particularly when it comes to Joe Hayden, give give his money to Witherspoon for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I just think somebody will pay Hayden. You know, someone. I don't know who it'll be, but. Uh, he's got a name brand, and I, I think some, maybe not as much as he would have liked a year ago, but uh, maybe more than I'd be willing to pay him. Would the Browns take him back? Did we keep the receipt? <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what? It's just one of those timing things, isn't it? It's the, the contract has come to the end of the time when he's thirty-two, and he's clearly lost step. Yeah, it seems like it's just an amicable time to. Uh, uh, to part ways. Um, again, if he wants to come back, I'm, sh- I'm sure front office would be happy to it, but we, we can't be giving him top dollar. He's got to be on bare minimum. Um, yeah. yeah, that's the only way I'd have him back. Um, Sutton, is he? Sutton's a free agent, right? Oh, no. Is he not? I can't remember now. I can't remember. Have we got him for another year? Have we got a deal with this for another year? <laughs> I can tell you now. Uh, we've, we've got him until 2023. Uh, oh great! Um, Special teams. Yeah, um, I, I, I really don't know where to go with Sutton anymore. I mean, Gav's talked a lot about he should only be playing in the slot. Um, he's continued to dis. I mean, he has moments. That's the thing, right? He has games occasionally mm. where you think, "Well, there's something here, right?" He's got you know, if you if you play him in the right position, you put him in a position to succeed. You play him on the inside. You don't put too much responsibility on his shoulders. He Look at the Bills job. game, right? In the first yeah, game of the yeah. season, we we're all really high on Sutton after that game. But, yeah. but uh, this was a tough game for him. Um, he got waxed by Tyreek Hill once, I think. Um, Kelsey threw him off a few times. Uh, I, I don't. What would you do with with Sutton, Mike? Would you? Uh, I don't know. Do you see any hope for him? I'd, I'd keep him on board. Um, again, it's a very team friendly deal he says as he quickly looks 5 million uh, against the cap so take from that what you will um, and, and looking at the numbers there's not like a massive financial benefit to cutting them yeah, two, the two, yeah. two, 2 mil it's not really much to write home about um, for the sake of a guy who can start in a spot even if you want to upgrade that position although I'm sure he won't 
um, it's probably worth keeping him around anyway. Yeah. 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 I'm happy to. Again, we just need to find out where the best place is for him. Whether that is sort of keeping him in the slot permanently, or are we finally uh... going to see the back of um, uh, what's his name? Who I've now forgotten the name of because he's so uh, he's so lost in the weeds. Um, Justin Lane. Justin Lane. Yeah. Is he done now? Can we? I should have. This, this is where I should. I was, I was saving this for next week, and now we've started talking about it. But um, I'm asking you questions now because you've been googling. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, yeah, he's been a, he's been a missing man. So I mean, there's there's a hole. So yeah, I mean, you're right, Dave. This is you know up there with linebacker in terms of something that needs addressing because if, especially if Witherspoon didn't come back, geez, I mean, there's just it's mm. it's barren. So yeah, um, yeah so there's a big need. Um, I kind of like what Norwood's done in, in spots. He had a, he had a couple of lovely pass breakups early in this game, and then and then he, he goes and gives up a big play towards the end. But I think he's had a very positive rookie season for a guy who's a seventh round pick. Um, it's the special teams value, right? Yes, that's that's yeah. where he comes in as well. Yeah, um, and supposedly he's working closely with Minka. Minka's taken him under his wing, so that's nice to hear. Um, on the safeties, I think Minka has finished this season very strongly. Um, uh, which I'm glad about because you know the question marks is the wrong word. Minka's great, but you know at the start of the season we were having these discussions about you know what what is the best plan for Minka because it feels like we're playing him a little bit differently and he's he's not playing up to his full potential. Which you know you can maybe still argue is true, but I think he's feared again, um, which is nice. Uh, and I thought Edmonds played well in this game again. I, I've been quietly saying this, pumping this narrative for a while now. I, I like Edmonds as a you know as a, as a kind of a league average, maybe slightly above average. Starter, and you need these guys on the team. And uh, has he like never missed a game? I saw Tomlin say earlier. Um, if 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 he has, it's on. I reckon it's only one. Yeah, yeah. he's he's been, he's been he's always been there thereabouts. So you know, I, I'm I'm a fan of Edmonds. I, I think obviously <clears> he's he's had a bit of a a stink on him because of where he was picked. But if you pretend that that was a third round pick, you you're over the moon. So um, yeah, I think I think we're, we're pretty set at safety. So that's nice. Uh, well, the only thing is, though, we didn't uh, we didn't take his fifth year option, so he is a free agent. Oh damn! Uh, sorry, sorry, Dan. Do you know what? I love your optimism. You know, if you close your eyes and imagine he was a third round pick, it would be great. <laughs> Bless you, so I'm gonna close my eyes and imagine. That's what we've got to do with our. The that's what we've got to do with our first round picks because we only draft third rounders in the first round. So. <laughs> I uh, t- to tell you a quick story when a friend of mine were watching the draft when we got when we, uh, we picked Edmonds my friend decided to record my reaction to whoever we were picking in the first round uh, it wasn't pleasant I might tweet the photo out uh, still from the video um, yeah face a shock um, but you're right so he has he, fair play to him in a year that showed the Steelers weren't 100% certain on whether or not to keep him I think he has had an all right year. I, I don't think he's been the liability he was before. I think his tackling's improved a lot as well. So many fluff missed tackles over the last few years. Again, I I would probably be probably be content in re-signing him. Hmm. Um, I've no idea what value you'd put on someone like Terrell Edens. Um, because, you know, obviously we want to be re-signing Minka as well. So we're now offering two contracts to two starting safeties, yeah. one of which is substantially more talented than the other. Um it's a difficult one. It's gonna it's gonna be difficult what they uh, what they end up doing on him. But he has had a, he's he's had a good season. I'll, uh, I will give him credit there. Uh, you killed you killed me, Mike, because I totally forgot that he was a free agent. He slipped. <laughs> I, totally, I was like, oh. yeah, you've got him. Um, 
I feel like he's, I feel like he's a guy who might attract a bit of interest. You know, there's a team out there that's that's in, in need of a of a strong safety or something. I feel like he's the kind of guy you, you could maybe get slightly cheaper than um, some other options, and then he'll do a job. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I, I think I think he might get picked up. I'm a bit worried about that now. Tomlin didn't exactly give him a shining review, did he? Did he watch his end of year? Yeah, of didn't he? that's thing. where I got that thing about him not missing a game. He sort he just went. He just said his best ability is his availability, availability yeah. which is like your boss saying, "Well, he shows up." Yeah, and it, 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 it doesn't feel great, does it? Because he turns up every day. He didn't yeah. really do much, but he turns up. And I mean, he's not just the guy who turns up. He he does, you know, he is that strong safety sort of role, but. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. I agree with that. Agree with that. There's a lot of you know need for a strong safety sort of guy out there in the league. I think you could probably get him for a decent price tag. I think. But how much does his um, first round draft stock affect things? I'm no. I'm. I'm not an expert in in the sort of capology sort of of things. You know. What in the old compensatory pick formula? Hmm. That's a good question because I suppose if we let him go, he was a former first round pick who's played a lot of games for us maybe actually it would be beneficial yeah. in terms of that but I'm no expert on the I can't even say the word Dave so I wouldn't um... <laughs> compensate <laughs> I wouldn't come to me for my pick. expertise on that yeah that's a good point actually um, hmm. tweet as if you know yeah that's the kind of thing that Alex Kazora tweets out every so often I go right there you go <laughs> I don't know how he knew that I don't know where he's got that information I love that <laughs> Uh, in some good news, though, uh, I thought PH3 had his best game of the season. Um, yeah. As a guy I thought was going to kill us, he, he did all right, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And it's a good job because Carlos Waitman got picked up by the Broncos off Waitman. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I think we've probably, we know that we're going to be sticking with PH3 now, um, which did not seem the case last week when I was convinced that we would keep two punters in this game, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> in fairness, Juju came back, and we did not know that at that point. So I claim. Uh, yeah, like when I was talking to you last week, I thought maybe we would like in part two of the wanker cut because uh, two punters, <laughs> right? Two punters, right? Before Juju Juju's came two. back, before Juju came back, I'm telling you, we were keeping both these guys in the roster. I'm telling you. I, I, I don't know. I think I'd, I'd be su- <laughs> I'd be surprised if any if surprised if anyone else heard the news that Juju was going to come back and playing, and they and their first response was. Well, that's Presley Harvin's job saved. Happy days. Um, I don't think people put those two dichotomies together. But bless you, Sai. Bless you. Were you keeping two punters, Mike? I don't think you were. I don't think you would have been, right? Absolutely not. This team kept two punters for like three weeks, right? It was not out of the realm of possibility. Um, I think that's it. I I want to shout out Killebrew, who we don't talk about because he doesn't really play on defence, but he's had a nice season as well as a free agent pickup on special teams. And he had a really nice tackle at the end of the first half um, on a kick return in this one as well. Um, He's been a very, he's been a great special team. He's had a couple of punt blocks as well, right? So I don't know, shout out to him. I feel like he doesn't get a lot of love um, on a a nice special team season. Uh, Hopefully he sticks around, I assume. I assume so. (laughs) I don't. I don't know what his contract details are, but he, he, he's also a free agent. Oh, of then. course, he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I doubt the. I doubt the market for Killer is going to be huge. So, uh, yeah, no. we'll see. But, but no, I, mean, I agree. I'd be quitting and keeping him up. Yeah. Right. That's the game. Um, that's it. No more games now. <laughs> no more. <laughs> we can. Off season begins. You can all take a break now. Um, but not too much of a break because we've got news to talk about. 
Dave, there's going to be a news drop. That's why I left a girl. Sorry. Dave. Dave. I am the sound drop guy now. When Gav gets back, I'm the captain now. I didn't like a Um Okay, you mentioned it off the top, um, the coordinator the coordinator talk, um, based off Tomlin's end-of-year press. We'll start with Keith Butler, who looks like he is retiring, um, as has been the speculation of late. Um, it's assumed his replacement would come from in-house in the form of Terrell Austin, uh, who currently works with the secondary, and he's in Tomlin's ear on game days, helping with decision-making. Um, he's a previous DC of the Lions and the Bengals. Now, from the desk of the head of international development and scorekeeping for this podcast, um, Ketz, he sent over these stats on Austin, which which didn't seem uh, particularly positive, but, but I'll read them out for you. And he sent this in, and it looks like Ketz here has made a Word doc. I, I mean, he might have just copied this from somewhere, I'm not sure, I'm sure he'll let me know, but it looks like he's made a Word document, so I appreciate the effort being put in here from the head of international development and scorekeeping. Um, in 2014, he was the defensive coordinator of the Lions, uh, and they were fifth in points per play and Fourth in yards per play in 2015. So that was his that was his good season. It's all downhill from there. In 2015 with the Lions, uh, 25th in points per play. 20, I'm sh- I'm assuming points per play is meaning like points per game. I assume so. Let's get some clarity on that from the head of international development and scorekeeping. Um, that 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 we need to we need to work on these word documents, Kes. Uh, <laughs> Step it up, man. <laughs> Um, 25th uh, in points and 24th in yards in 2015 then 19th in points 26th in yards in 2016 21st in points 24th in yards in 2017 so not a great deal of improvement over those three years at Lions then he goes to the Bengals um, 28th in points per play 29th in yards so and then he, he adds the note here okay, Austin was fired following week 10 after becoming the first defensive coordinator to allow 500 yards in three consecutive games in the Super Bowl Jesus. era so um you know what? There is the old argument of you can't polish a turd, right? So uh, the Steelers are going to, I'm sure, promote from within, as they always do. Shocked. Uh, and then we'll complain about it for three years. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if anyone's going to have any real thoughts on this. I didn't know a great deal about him before. We, uh, I got handed this top secret piece of material. That it seems like the Steelers are trying to hide. <laughs> But uh, yeah, this is this is like this Apruder film that you know we we've, <laughs> we've got this sent over from from our top top secret entity and uh, uh, yeah now all of a sudden I've leached any enjoyment. I assume Rich would have been quite excited about the demise of Keith Butler. Well, not the demise; he's retiring. But um, you know he's not been his biggest fan o- over the years or, or talking about him on this podcast. So uh, I thought Rich might have something to say about this. Maybe we'll get his thoughts on it next week. But um, I, I don't mean, know. From, from the sounds of the of the Tomlin interview. It, it sounded like, um, well, it, it's, it, Tomlin throws out a lot of jargon, right? A lot, a lot of um, Tomlinisms. Oh, I've, I've got this. I've, yeah, I've got some coming. And um, <laughs> well, what was the one from the start of this game? We're going to cut their eyelids off. Yeah. Bloody hell, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. In, in the list of Tomlinisms, that's near the bottom. I don't like that one. That's a bit creepy, that one. But um, but no, he, he was saying about um, how he, they, they don't necessarily primarily look from promoting from within that they want the guy who's best at the position at best at the at the role you know which is i suppose anyone could say that right but it feels like the steelers don't do that even though he's saying it i don't think they then they're the kind of um 
organization that do look outside they look inside first you know mm. so if you think about a bunch of coordinators you we went from dick LeBeau to keith butler to let's say we go with austin so there's there's a load of internals um canada was brought in for a year before getting the oc job mm-hmm. um chris morgan presumably he's going to take over clem's job as the o, as the alignment coach so to turn around and say the Steelers won't just necessarily look from within and will look externally is bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they'll do because it's par for the course, unfortunately. Um, I would like us to investigate a little bit more because the problem is, are we just going to be dealing with the same stale play calling that we have done previously because it's maybe all that all that Austin knows working under Butler? I don't know, but... I'd imagine there's a fair few more creative defensive coordinators, shall we say, available out there. I think this this team, and this maybe speaks to a larger issue than just the coordinators, but this team is, is so great, right, in the long term because it values continuity, right? And I think that's a big a big thing when it comes to these hires is that they, they like the idea that they're getting a guy from within who's loyal to the team. He's not a guy who, you know, think about like Dan Quinn. He's come in and done a great job after being fired as coach of the Falcons. And now he's going to go away and become head coach again after two years. I feel like that's the kind of thing that the Steelers don't want to do. They, they want a guy who's going to come in um, and, you know, if they leave, it's because they've done such a fantastic job as the coordinator for the Steelers. But they've probably done that for a long time at that point because they're, they were relatively unknown before that. I, I, I just... I think in a league like we've got today in 2022, it's. I think you need a bit of a, a mix of those philosophies. Um, it's a win-now league team. Like, look at Tampa Bay. They won the Super Bowl. They went from zero to hero because they got rid of James Winston, went and got Tom Brady and, and you know, all that came with that. And, uh, and all of a sudden they win the Super Bowl and who knows, maybe they'll win a second one this year. You know, you know I, and... I'm not saying that one of those approaches is more valid than the other. I think what the Steelers do is is actually the, the the better thing to do in the long term, and it's the reason that they've been consistently valid and they've not been like the Bungles for 31 years, not winning a playoff game. But I do think sometimes there needs to be a little bit of investigation and opening themselves up to doing things that they're maybe not comfortable with or things that they've not been used to doing. Does, does that make sense? It just feels like we just need mm-hmm. to be able to get out of our comfort zone a little bit and at least investigate this. I mean, everyone's like, oh, let's get Brian Flores. That's not going to happen. I think he's going to get a head coaching job somewhere. But let's go out there and, and take a look at least at some of the sexy names on the market and see who might be willing to come to Pittsburgh. This is a, this is a big football town. People would love this job. Definitely. And, and you know, you're hiring in a DC to say, oh, just to let you know, you've got presumed defensive player of the year, TJ <laughs> yeah. Watt. You've got Cam Hayward and you've got Minka Fitzpatrick. You know, you're not exactly stuck with nobodies. I can't remember, it might have been Rich or Gav many, many weeks ago made this point that every off-season you never hear about a Steelers coordinator being pushed for a head coaching job. Yeah. The only the only one was Mike Munchak of any of any coach who was pushed for a sort of promotion. And actually, he didn't get a promotion, did he? He he moved over to be an online coach at Denver as well. So it wasn't a promotion per se. It was a, you know, a, sideways, a sideways move. You never see that. And that's a, I mean, if I was an organization, I'd probably sit and wonder, well, hold on a minute. Are we missing a trick here? Yeah. I, and I get the point you say, so we don't want someone to bring someone in and then they get fired, but then they get hired right away and then they move somewhere else. Like, I get we probably don't want to do that because that's a that's probably built into the Steelers' DNA. Let's be, let's be brutally honest about that continuity. You know, three head coaches since 1969 or whatever it is. Um, you know, continuity is key. But I agree with you. We need to investigate the other side of the coin. 
and not just totally disregard it and say, no, 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 internal promotion. We'll bring someone else in and then we'll sort of go from there. I, yeah, there's got to be more out there that we can at least ask the question. A little bit of window shopping, a little bit of flirting, guys. Come on. Yeah, kick the tires a little bit. Um, Absolutely. I, I, I just worry that the way the, the philosophy of this Steelers team now, and again, it's, this is on a grander scale than just the conversation mm-hmm. about the coordinators, but the, the philosophy of this team right now, it scares me that in today's NFL, it's designed to go nine and eight and lose in the wildcard round of the playoffs. Do you know what I mean? Like, like the yeah. they're good enough to be valid, but they're not good enough to beat the Chiefs um, or beat the Chiefs. You know, or, or, or you know the Bills or whoever you want to say is is an explosive team on, on offense or mm-hmm. defense. It just feels like we're we're positioned to be good enough um, and pick twentieth in the draft every year or eighteenth to twenty fifth. You know. I, it worries me a little bit, and we're starting to see it now because we've we've now not like I say the Bengals were telling us we've we've now got the longest playoff win drought in the the AFC North. So mm. the clock I think has it is don't be wrong we're nowhere near at, at doomsday, but the clock has started ticking. Um, I'm being super negative, and it's, I'm not trying to be because you know I love Tomlin and this organization and the continuity of it all. I just think like I say we need to investigate alternative ways of doing things in certain situations. I think this is an example of it. So. Yeah, I think that's an interesting conversation for the off-season, to be honest, um, on a grander scale. Mm. Just the philosophical... Fuck, another word I can't say. Philosophical approach to uh, managing a football team. Uh, anyway. <laughs> please please try and say philosophical compensatory picks. <laughs> <laughs> the philosophical side of the compensatory picks. Uh, nailed it. Um, okay, on the other side of the, the coordinator coin, everyone's favourite offensive genius, Matt Canada, will be staying. However... Um, Tomlin acknowledged that the offense took a step back this year, but said he believes in what Canada can do, uh, and put more of the blame on the players and the execution than Canada himself. Um, Tomlin said he brings things to the table that are attractive, which I like as a quote. I don't know what things they are. I wish he'd expand on that. Um, and I like this one, Dave. This is what I was referencing before. This is one of my favorites. Um, Tomlin asked uh, so someone asked Tomlin if Matt Canada had to hold back some of his offense as the season went on because of personnel, and Tomlin said, "When you've got red paint." You've got to paint the barn red. That, that's an, that's an old quote. That that's from like three seasons ago. That, oh, that is it was, really? Uh, oh yeah. no! Yeah, that's, no, that, that's one of said, my favorite Tomlinisms. He yeah. said it today. He said it in this press conference yeah. though. So maybe he's, uh, he's brought that way. He's brought the barn quote. He's out wheeled that back times. out. Yeah, I like yeah. that one though. Um, so yeah, I don't know what, what I think we kind of spoke about this at the top, Mike, and, and your thoughts on uh, bringing Matt Canada back and the thoughts of having him with a mobile QB. Um, I think we'll just have to wait and see how that progresses, won't we? And, and and hopefully we we see this team kind of embrace the Matt Canada philosophy, which I don't think we ever really did this season. You know, it wasn't the uh, revelation that we were speaking about in the off season, right, Dave? Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, if you, I bet if you listen back to those preseason episodes of well, can't you know things you're looking forward to, we can't wait for the the <laughs> Matt Canada offense. <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. What do you think? Um, there's, there's an underwhelming uh, reveal for you. It's like um, that Scooby Doo meme where they've just ripped off his face and it's just Fitchner underneath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is pretty much. That's how it feels right now. Anyway, it feels like a two Derek Water handoffs in, uh, in, <laughs> as your as your big trick plays. But um, no, I, I think Tomlin's right. I think there's a share of the blame between players and and the the scheme. I think. Um, at least I'm kind of hoping that I'm right that um, Canada's scheme doesn't fit with Ben. I think it, yeah. It, yeah. It, it's limited so much by him. And not that that's a, a knock on Ben; it's just the the two 
don't mix. It's oil and water. It doesn't mix together. And, um, you know, it, it, it needs the right guy at that, at that, that quarterback position to, to push this offense forward. But th- there is a, an element of um, performance as well. And this last game was a microcosm of it, right? Because DJ's dropping balls like he, like he did um, all last season and the run game isn't going. It, there's a whole host of issues with this offense. And I think if you can get it, I think if you can get the QB position right, and clean up those individual player issues. I think you can you can get this into a a fully functioning offense by next season. But uh, yeah, yeah, like you say, it is a bit of a, a an underwhelming reveal of of the Matt Canada offense. Yeah. I've just I've got a healthy um, skepticism about um, these kind of college whiz kid offensive coordinators. You know, you, you Cliff Kingsbury's and you. What have you? I, I don't know. I I hope that it was just a case of the personnel not matching up. But then, it, then you got a question: Well, why the hell do we have that personnel there in the first place? I'm not just talking about Ben, obviously, but why are we bringing in Matt Kinder as the offensive coordinator with a with a QB that he doesn't think is applicable to his scheme? I mean, that just seems strange to me. But I'm sure there's reasons for it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, let's hope that next year it, it, it gels with whichever quarterback we end up. And speaking of which, um, obviously that's going to be probably the biggest piece of news all off-season, the biggest thing for us to talk about is who plays under centre for this team. Uh, he was obviously asked about that Tomlin in, in his press conference. He had a lot to say about it. He said, um, talking, about Mike, uh, talking about Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins, he said they'll both be given the opportunity to establish themselves and there's going to be a competition. Uh, there always is, so they'll write that story. But I think that both guys have positioned themselves to fight that fight with what they've done from a work standpoint and a professionalism standpoint in 2021. Steelers QB uh, Dwayne Haskins said that he'd talked to some people in the building but not Tomlin yet and said he will be given the opportunity to start next year which I read and was like what and then I was like I think he means to compete in the preseason yeah yeah I was like maybe just choose your words a little bit better Dwayne um and then it's also been reported by Ian Rappaport that Steelers are not eyeing Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers um and would rather keep the high draft picks than pick up a young QB high in the draft so that kind of going counter to to what gav has been saying we should do uh for a while so a lot are, we, are we ready stuff. for the um the mason rudolph season oh, it feels like it's heading that way doesn't it i don't we've like had it. one though i know and that's why i don't want another one Mike. yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've, we've experienced yeah, no, no. it I'm totally <laughs> once bitten twice shy bless bless tom for saying you that they'll both have a chance to compete i mean technically i've got a chance to win the lottery every day for the rest of my life technically <laughs> if i bought a ticket it doesn't mean it's going to happen and i i sort of hope that's the underlying message from what uh from what uh from what tomlin says because i yeah i do not want to see a a a rudolph season we did, did, we, did you we... see the um th- there was a bit of a i don't, I don't know if you can class it as a news report but the, in the sort of rudolph after season interview that he was saying that he feels he can lead the locker room like he felt he was stepping on Ben's toes mm, a little yeah. bit which I suppose is true but at the same time if you can't establish yourself you know with a rapport with it with a team but maybe maybe he has maybe I'm too, being a bit too hard on the guy but he didn't he didn't feel like in that that Mason Rudolph season that he'd established any real rapport with the team you know, with receivers and things I didn't, he didn't feel that way so if you can't do that then what, what are you going to do once Ben's gone? It doesn't make a whole lot of difference to me. This is a very unfair criticism because it probably has nothing to do with his ability on the field, but just think about how unlikable you have to be to <laughs> almost be murdered on the field like, by, your own helmet. by a Browns player 
and then still not have the team rooting for you. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it feels insane to me that that happened, and people are still like, you well, kind of don't want Mason Rudolph around. Like, I don't know. Um, imagine if, imagine if um, uh, he'd done that to Duck Hodges. Duck Hodges would have like a Hall of Fame bust. <laughs> oh yeah, they'd be they'd be they'd be mobs ready to murder the guy. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I I just don't want. It. We did a full season of podcasts on the Mason Rudolph experience, and it wasn't <clears throat> it wasn't fun for anyone that was there. So um, yeah, I don't know. Let's let's. I, I, I saw someone. T- I can't remember who it was now, but I saw someone tweeting about um, Russell Wilson. Obviously, the issue with Russell Wilson would be the draft picks you'd have to give up to get him. But uh, he'd be less of a cap hit than Ben was last year. So, if we traded for him straight by up. a dramatic amount, or? By, by a, by a, I think Ben was, I think, I think someone was saying that the cap hit for Russell Wilson next year would only be like eleven million, which is insane. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's to do with the structure of his contact, and that definitely needs referencing because I'm just doing this off some yeah. guy on Twitter, so don't yeah. take take it for what it's worth. But for, I've heard that Russell Wilson's cap hit would be uh, abnormally small compared to a you know like a high end quarterback. Mm. So uh, yeah, I don't know, but the draft picks obviously would be prohibitive, I think, and it's not a Steelers move. We were just talking about you know the Steelers being too conservative, and I, I, that's why I've always been a bit suspect about the Aaron Rodgers thing. I think the Aaron Rodgers thing was possible because it would take Aaron Rodgers wanting to come here, you know, um, mm. and if he decided, and he's kind of teased that right with the with the the podcast that he's done and. You know, and and the, and the winking at Tomlin on the sideline and stuff. So, so I get why where all that's come from, but I just don't see this team going out and uh, going crazy for a high end quarterback. Who I want, Minshew, Gardner Minshew. Let's go. I want a I want a season of Fitz magic, please. You've been if, yeah, you've if, been big on this. If if we're if we're heading for a season, another Mason Rudolph season, I'd rather you know pay a little bit and get a, a bit of Fitz magic, some entertainment. You I know, know. That, I, that's what I want. I I agree with you in spirit, but I think Fitz he's done. I mean, he's he's like. Out there in playoff games with no shirt on, just watching in the start. I don't think he's playing. Really. <laughs> Did you see that video? That's a great. I love it. <laughs> um, uh, Mike, have we asked you who you want at QB next year? If you had your pick of the litter. Oh, I'm I'm on board with Gav. I want Rogers. Oh, you want, want Rogers? Okay. Yeah, I, but again, I agree. Cap number, draft picks, all that sort of stuff. I I I don't think it's 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 viable. Um, but that would be my go-to. Hmm. It can't interest you in the mustache. Uh, is is that something to do with Minshew or is that a yeah 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 the Minshew? Sort of... <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were just talking facial hair. Um, no, I, I've no desire to have uh, Gardner Minshew, Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins. You know why I want? You know why I want Heineke, Minshew? Anyone like that? You know why I want Minshew? Because don't be wrong, I don't think we'd win a Super Bowl with Gardner Minshew. Although I wouldn't really out, but it, we'd have fun. I tell you that we'd have fun, and that's more than I can say about Mason Rudolph. <laughs> we'd have a damn good time. So. Um, I will. I will buy the Minshew jersey day one. <laughs> what, what, what sport fandom do you want to have a good time? No, you should. You should be full of optimism and then cr- come crashing down. That's, that's how well, this. Yeah, that's how sports fandom works. That has been my experience throughout the inter- my entire life of sports. <laughs> so I've never known anything different. I thought about this. You know, I was thinking if the steel because obviously I wasn't even around when the Steelers last won the Super Bowl. So. Um, how old are you? Uh, no, I mean I was I was alive, but like I wasn't. <laughs> I was going to say, we got it. Are you a child? I'm just three children in a trench coat. I've been masquerading this whole time. I don't really know why, because you can't even see me. We don't talk on video, but... Um... Are, you, are you Shazam? What? Excuse me? What? you seen the movie Shazam? Oh! I thought you meant the app. I'm, 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 to- I'm talking... I'm talking... 
movies to the, the movie. I know, guy, right? I, to- you know, I totally um, dropped the ball. That was a good movie. I like that movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. Um, for anyone that hasn't seen it, it's about a kid who becomes a, a man when he what does he do? He, I can't remember now. He gets shazammed. There's a wizard involved. I forget. Is magic involved? Yeah. He, be- he becomes a grown up. David Proudy, you referenced the movie, and I dropped the ball on that. I apologise. That's one to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple smaller bits of news. Um, Tyson Alualu says he has no intention of retiring despite his age, 35. And uh, he is under contract for another year, so um, we may see him back on that D-line after all. So who knows, maybe we'll see that, that D-line with Haywood to it and Alualu back together for one more season. Um Speaking of injuries, Tomlin confirmed that there are no major surgeries planned for any Steelers player this offseason, so we enter the offseason very healthy, that's nice. And then, I've included this one specially for Dave, Rico Bussy was signed to a futures contact, so one for you there, Dave. Get, mm. get, get your Bussy on. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll pull the uh, breast inspector t-shirt out again. <laughs> <laughs> Rico Bussy, jeez, that, that's a name, right? Isn't, isn't Bussy like a... Um... <laughs> Isn't that like a, a kink thing? I don't, <laughs> I don't know if it's a kink thing. I think, right, uh, it's his children in the car, cover their ears. I, I think it might mean back pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's where I've heard it. Maybe that's where I've heard it. Wow. <sighs> this is worse. Ele- ele- UK Steelers podcast, Electric Blue. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is worse when I asked if it was okay to say what. <laughs> I don't know if that's worse. I don't, I don't know if that is worse. The jury's out. Google asks first. Okay, um, as long as Google doesn't make an advert asking what bussy means. Um, right, let's get to... <laughs> let's start rolling. Let's get to some playoff picks. We can talk very briefly about these games if you want. Oh, we don't have to. I don't care. Um, Titans-Bengals is the first one. Um, I'll tell you which way I want this to go. Uh I will... Do you know what? I don't... Do you know, the, the problem is that I actually believe the Bengals will win this game, and it saddens me. Um, I think the Titans are the kind of team that could have done with playing in the wildcard round. I think... Although Henry's coming back, right? He's good to go. Hmm. He came out today and said, we'll see about his probability oh, really? playing so on Saturday. Even, so, yeah. It's not even certain. I'm not 100% sure. I'm going to pick the Bengals on this one. I'll keep note as well. I know that I've, uh, it's my job to keep note. Mike, don't think it hasn't been noted that you haven't been submitting picks all season. It has been noted and it's been submitted to our head of international development and scorekeeping. I'll, 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 I'll have a word with Kets. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to pick the Bengals. Um, Dave? I am surprised that you've picked the Bengals. After I don't want them your... to win. Let me be clear on that. <laughs> After all your downbeating of their fans, um, I kind of I want them to show up now, so I'm taking the Titans. Taking the Titans, okay. Who are you going for, Mike? Yeah, I can see the I can see the Bengals winning it. Uh, they're not Bucky's favourite. I think they're. Uh, you can get them at plus three and a half, so I'll be tempted to put a few quid on that. Uh, yeah, Bengals for the win. Bengals are plus three and a half. Hmm. <sighs> I suppose it is at the Titans. But am I the only one who thinks the Bengals are a better team than the Titans? Yeah. Um, okay. Packers, Niners, that's an interesting one. I will be going Packers, though. Yeah, me too. I, I, I just... It, it, it's... It, the Packers have got too high-powered uh, offence to, to lose this game. At least that's how it feels, anyway. 
Yeah, don't get me wrong. The Packers will lose tragically in in the conference game, but that'll be to Tom Brady and the Buccaneers because <laughs> the world has already conspired to make me hate life. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, likewise, Green Bay Packers. Okay, uh, then we got the Bucks and the Rams. Uh, as I've just said, there's no way that Tom Brady will uh, ever let me rest. So <laughs> I'll go Bucks. You know, I, I got my wish when I asked for the Patriots not to win. Um, do you think I'll get my wish if I ask for the Bucks not to win as well? Oh, is that too so. much? That would be nice. Is that you... too much to ask the universe for? If you can wish cast that. I'm going to write, a, you know that ask the universe thing where you write a little note and put it in a drawer? I'm going to do that for the Bucks. I want the Rams to win this. I'm taking the Rams. Nice. Okay, Mike? I think one of the biggest issues Tampa Bay are going to have is Tristan Wirfs isn't 100%. Uh, also, their centre, I don't think, practiced today either. Mm-hmm. Um, two positions you don't want considering who you're up against, and Von Miller had a cracking game on the weekend. Um, give me the Rams. Okay, I've got to hope you two are right. I just uh, I can't get past the fact that the world punishes me every time. Do you know, I thought the Patriots... Uh, Bucks was the the matchup that I really didn't want to see that I was thought was destined, but now I've realised that it's actually the Bengals, the Bucks. That that <laughs> is that is how I will be punished this year. <laughs> um, and then lastly, the Chiefs and the Bills. This is an interesting game. I mean, the, I would have bet my house on the uh, the Chiefs before I watched that Bills game, and then the Bills demolished the Patriots. That was like a perfect game, right? If, yeah. If you wanna if you wanna say what you want to happen in a game, that is the perfect game. Man, apart from the kicker who couldn't apparently hit a barn door that day, but um, but man, that was a perfect game for that offense. Mm. Um, yeah, g- g- give me the Bills, please, every day. Okay. What do you reckon, Mike? Are you sold on the Bills? You can't help but be impressed. Wasn't it seven drives, seven touchdowns? Yeah. It's to- yeah, yeah. No, no field goals, no punts, no turnovers. Yeah. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. That is. That's better than seven punts, right? In the first quarter, <laughs> um, absolutely. A fair play to them, but I will take Kansas being at home is a big factor. Yeah, I'm also going to take the Chiefs. I need the Bills to prove it to me against the Chiefs before I'm going to start fully believing in them. Um, I think the Patriots were ready for a hiding. To be honest, I think they had that stretch where they were awesome uh, and I was convinced they were going to the Super Bowl and then they got hit with some major injuries and fell off a little bit right at the end of the season at the wrong time and I think they were ready for a hiding so um, I think this is going to be a tougher matchup now against the Chiefs so yeah I'm going to go Chiefs now in fairness it's my fault that Rich isn't on this show because um, I didn't tell him when we were doing it but <laughs> uh, I did ask him to send over his picks, which he said he would, and he hasn't yet done. So I cannot inform you what they are. Equally, I can't tell you what Gavs are again because I don't know. Nobody talks to me. No one tells me anything, Dave. <laughs> You're sacked. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, but I'm sure Gav will uh, honestly report back to us on those at some stage, and uh, that's when we'll find out that me and you are at the bottom of the standings, probably, and, and Gavs run away with it for some reason. Yeah, probably. And those I, things. I'm... I know I've screwed myself in by pick. What, what was it? I picked the Lions. What, what was I doing, man? What was I doing? <laughs> I think I coaxed you into that. <laughs> I think I was drunk or something, man. Why would I do that? Oh, man. So that's the playoffs. Um, 
just quickly before we go to our final resting place, I got to ask you while you're here, Mike, and we'll get obviously we're gonna get more onto this in the weeks to come. Um, mm-hmm. how, how far are you in the draft? You started. Where, where are you up to? Uh, yeah, I can tell you. I'm up to about fifty players. Um, I haven't touched the uh, defensive players yet. I've sort of did what I did last year and targeted senior ball players and, and sort of waited a little bit until people started declaring whether they were going to be into the uh, into the draft or not. But thankfully, there's a good crop of senior ball players, especially on the quarterbacks. You know, nearly everyone who's argued, I think, what out of the top six quarterbacks five of them are going to be at the senior ball so nice and easy to get sort of get play, get um working way through there I, I probably am a little bit behind than where it was 12 months ago but um yeah just going to keep plodding along and still try and get to that sort of goal of 300 uh come sort of middle of april very nice um we we look forward to to having your expertise here to to tell us about it you're 50 players ahead of me so uh, i wouldn't feel too bad <laughs> um I oh man, I'm, dread, I, I'm not dreading because I look, I, I like it, I enjoy it when I'm in it, but it's just like oh my god, <laughs> it's like this looming presence over me. Um, I, I, it, have you have you got enough info in terms of where you think the strengths and the weaknesses are this year, or, or are you not sure yet? Are we still um, from from what I've heard and read, um, cornerback and O line. And in fairness, I'm let me have a look to see. I'm about. Sounds 30 good. O-linemen 30 O-linemen in yeah yeah, 30 O-linemen both tackle and interior and there's a lot of good players in there ah, nice that's clever getting yeah. th- getting 30 O-linemen out the way quick that's uh, <laughs> you're going to be laughing looking at all the receivers in four weeks while we're trudging through O-line tape um, very nice okay cool we'll, we'll, I imagine we'll spend a lot of time on the quarterbacks as well this year so um, mm. we, we might end up I don't know do, do we do that first because we want to uh I don't know, we'll talk about this off air, we'll think about it, but that's a couple of weeks away anyway. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, Dave, you ready? I am. I'm always ready. Okay. Four large dollars, mate. Everything on them. Do you want onions on your set? I do. Plenty onions. I was waiting for the jingle then. <laughs> Screw you, Dave. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> Where will you learn? <laughs> Just wait three seconds and start talking. That's the reason I sat here thinking Gav was here. I don't know what's going on. Uh, he's, he's not said anything through the whole show. He's been really quiet today. Um, so I've, I've got a couple of things for Kebab Corner. Kebab Corner is the part where we, we sort of go a bit off topic. And weird things sometimes come up. Um, but I've got a couple of things today. And um, Well, the, the one, one thing, it's not a big thing. That I am. It's been discussed in the past that I'm not a gambling man, and uh, I put a couple of bets on that um, on this last uh, Steelers game because I I got a bit into it. I, I got uh, I got excited, right? And uh, I heard Juju was back. And I thought, oh, there's there's a bet in here. There's a bet in here. So I put some money on Juju with the, for the first touchdown, which isn't a big thing. And that's you know as you do when you've you've put a deposit into your um, online gambling website that you, whatever your preferred one is. I started going through all the sort of bets that were there and I saw one for um, DJ to score the first touchdown and the last, and the last touchdown for, uh, it was a hundred to one. I was like, I like that. I like that bet. It would have given me a return of about, of about a hundred quid. I thought, I like that. I'll take that. And then um, I started going through more and found a, a what, DJ to score a touchdown in each half, and that matches the the bet pretty much. And I get an extra forty quid out of that, so I put some money on that. And um, 
let's deal the shit the bed. So um, none of those bets came in. Um, so basically, should, should I give up on gambling? Um, um, <laughs> am I jinxing this team with my gambling? Uh, Mike's your man to talk to. I mean, Mike, um, famous gambler, um, forced me to introduce a betting page when we started the Discord. <laughs> there you go. Absolute um, gambling hound. So I imagine that you have some takes here, Mike. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what are you doing? There. <laughs> <laughs> I need some advice on my gambling habits. I need, I need to be reined in, I think. I, I don't know if I'm uh, going with my, my heart rather than my head too much. Probably, I, probably I, I can answer that one for you very quickly on the <laughs> DJ, two touchdowns either half sort of thing. Um, do you know what? I Generally, I, t- I tend to avoid betting involving the teams I'm rooting for. Yeah. Because... If, if 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 my team loses and my bet doesn't come in, I'm twice as pissed off. Um, if my team loses and my bet comes in, I'm sort of happy a little bit, even though my team has lost. And then I'll look back and go, oh, that was crap. And then on the other side, same thing. If the team wins but my bet doesn't come in, then it's a bit, a bit anticlimactic a wee bit. So I tend to avoid bet, uh, placing bets involving, uh, involving teams that I'm supporting, just so I don't have to feel any... That's any, that, uh, that's some good advice, really. I mean, I've probably never thought of it that way. Because yeah, I, I, I've sort of in the past I have put bets on sort of on 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 Steelers games because I I don't know. Like a part of gambling to me is if I'm watching something, I'll gamble on it. Mm. Sort of it adds to the enjoyment, you know. And like you, you're right that if it doesn't come in and you lose at the same time, it just you, you're doubly pissed off. So mm. yeah, maybe you're right there. Really, maybe I should think things from your perspective. Maybe you know what. Maybe I should message you before I put a bet on. <laughs> maybe I should like, <laughs> maybe I should like send you a little message like, "Am I being stupid with this? Am I am I going with my my heart rather than my head too much?" So yeah, prepare for that, Mike, in the in the coming the coming season. No, not not a problem at all. So um, you probably have strong opinions on this after your catastrophe <sighs> uh, during the draft last year. Well, listen. The world conspires against me every day that I exist, so this is no surprise. <laughs> We're in the worst timeline for you, right? Oh, 100%. Mm. And, 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 do you know what bothers me about this? If people that listen to the show probably remember this. I, I um, bet... I always bet big on the draft. I have done for a very long time since... Ooh, well, not a very long time, but going back to the James Winston Mariota draft, I would put a, a ridiculous um, percentage of my overall income on the draft because I was convinced, and quite rightly, every year until um, until this this last year... Uh, that this was the best time to beat the bookies because it's not a game, right? It's, it's uh, there's less randomness involved. It felt like, and obviously the draft can be random. We're not in the in the offices. We don't know what's going on. But it feels like if you if you if you kind of take your time and you and you know what you're talking about, you can you can edge the bookies a bit on this. And I'd always worked, and I'd only ever lost one bet, and I was betting quite a lot on this. And it was um, Corey Davis going before Mike Williams in 2017, and. Um, I think I lost 400 quid on that, but overall that year I was still up because I'd bet on other things. So I was fine with it, you know. And then this year, I did spread the bets around a bit, so I didn't lose them all. Always good. But I'd put a, a very large sum, I can't remember exactly what it was, maybe Mike remembers, on JOK to be drafted in the first round. And I'll never forget, I think the day before the draft, I was messaging Mike and he was like, well, that, that's cash. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's certain money. That's, <laughs> that's sure. Bank. And he said to Mike, I'd already put the bet on, so I can't blame him. But... It was very much like a hundred percent certain the day before. We weren't even worried about it, right? <laughs> Obviously, some 
like thing leaks in internal to the NFL teams that he's got some medical issue. I can't remember what it was now, right? And then it turned out to be nothing, but he fell down draft boards to the second round. And then what annoys me the most about it is that he winds up being like easily a first round caliber player in his rookie year, right? It almost feels like I should get the bet refunded. You know? <laughs> I, like I know I know Looks like you argue your case to the bookmaker for that. <laughs> it's one. like I understand that he wasn't picked in the first round, but he should have been for these reasons. It's almost like if you'd bet on um Laramie Tunsil to be first overall and then the gas mask video drop, right? It was like that level of thing. I'd have been so pissed about that. If that had been me. So, you know, these are the problems with the draft. These things can and do happen. Um, and I, I lost a fair chunk of change this last year, and, and it's kind of made me rethink the strategy. I think maybe I uh, I might even take the year off betting the draft this year, to be honest, and just see how I feel. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure as the time gets closer and I'm more involved <laughs> in it, I'll, I'll rethink that. But maybe even just at lower stakes, you know, maybe like putting yeah. literally thousands of pounds that I probably don't have. Um, <laughs> on things that I let, thought was certain. Let me let me ask you: You lost a significant amount of your income betting in the end of April on the NFL draft, and less than four months later, you moved in with your better half. Is there a correlation between the two actions? <laughs> you also bought Chloe, a Chloe, Chloe. Chloe, I hope you're not listening. Uh, no, and Chloe was aware of this. I was very. Um, our finances are very separate, really, um, at this stage. Uh, in our lives so <laughs> I'm kind of of the opinion that like I will do as I wish like don't you worry about it as long as I can pay the rent um, but I've always been like that man. I mean I lost um, I tell you about the money that I lost when I was in the second year of uni on the on the Browns-Bengals game it's actually yeah. the, it's, if I don't told you this it's actually I'm sure I'm sure I've probably said this before and listeners only and I don't repeat this but um, in the second year of uni I woke up no sorry I was drunk one night and um, I I, Great yeah, start to a petting story. Isn't terrible, it? <laughs> terrible, terrible. This was in that period of uni where I wasn't working because I was just living off my student loan and I had enough to like get by. Um, in fact, I actually had a fairly decent student loan because of my humble beginnings, you see. So, <laughs> so uh, humble brag. So yeah, no, but I'm, I'm saying that to point out my lack of poshness that you always put on me, dear. Um, so I, I sorry, yeah. So it was Bengals. Browns game. It was obviously very late at night. It was half time. I was pissed. I think the, the one of the two teams. I think the Bengals were winning by loads. They were like 16, 20 points up, and the the spread at that point was uh, like Bengals plus sixteen and a half or something, right? So I stupidly uh, bet sixteen hundred pounds. <laughs> pissed on Bengals plus 16 and a half then fell asleep <laughs> and then woke up to find that uh, the Bengals had won by uh, I had lost this bet basically by half a point um, oh, whatever the score I mean maybe if you go back to like whatever year it was 2016, 2017 you can find out what game it was and figure it out but I had lost this bet by half a point um, the Bengals had still won comfortably but um, the Browns had come within 16 points or whatever and in a mass panic, I was like, oh no. <laughs> uh, I just spent like all my student loan on this bet because I was pissed. And I put 300 more pounds on a, on a hockey game uh, and lost that too. So if this... <laughs> don't chase bad money with bad money is is, is uh, advice number one, Dave. You don't even watch hockey, right? Well, this is exactly it, Dave. That was that was purely a moment of, of like sober realisation and panic more than it was of um, like any real, any real forethought. Um... But as a result, hear me, now what do you think of this? 
I then could not pay the rent. So Marv offered to lend me some money. I was like, no, no, I, I don't I don't accept money off anyone. So I then went and got a job because I was still just at uni at that point. And that resulted in me working at B&Q again, which I had done when I was in college for a couple of years. And then I did uh, do again for three more years. At which stage I worked basically full time for about two and a half years while I was at uni. So I probably earned like 10, 15 times the amount of money I lost in that bet. Now, I know I worked for that money, but mm. it would never have been there, you know. So uh, also I met Chloe at this job. So... Yeah. You know, all's well that ends well, I guess. Life has a funny way of working itself out, right? Yeah, when you look at it that way. you know, I mean, I'm constantly making absolutely awful decisions, um, but sometimes <laughs> life uh, finds a way to, to to make them work out in the end. So anyway, all this is to say, Dave, if you do bet, uh, just keep it at the £1 level. Actually, <laughs> if, if I bet, I don't bet much, because I ain't got much to throw away, to be quite honest with you. But I, I sometimes look back on my bets and think, that was a dumb bet man it yeah. just it just feels even though i'm not betting much i look back at it and think what was i thinking but um yeah that, that's the way it is when it comes to sport right you, you just you can't predict it and if you do you you're very lucky mm. yeah. i um speaking of speaking of betting at uni uh so I, me and my friends did that in our final year we decided we, we were big into cheltenham uh, Cheltenham races, and we decided. Oh, I thought you meant Cheltenham FC. Is that a team? I think it is. Anyway, carry on. Oh no, no, no. The the, the Cheltenham Festival of March okay. time, and we we decided that. We, I, I think I was a, I was I was uh, signed up to one uh, online bookie, and I said, you know, what we should do a lot of these bookies are doing promotional deals for new members and stuff like that. So what we decided to do was to join about eight different bookmakers to avail of every single promotional free bet they were offering, and. By not spending any money after those seventy-two hours, we came away with about twelve hundred quid, um, mm. just from and anything was free. And so, give we'll have that and cancel the account right after because <laughs> to, to forego any temptation or just the masses of amount of emails they send you saying, "Oh, we've got a new bet coming up here for this." <laughs> um, but apart from that, I did you know what? I tend not to actually be. I, I bet for certain things. I will always put. A lot of bets on for the Super Bowl. Yeah, but I do. Yeah, city stuff. The length yeah, of the national yeah. anthem is a given. Um, prop bets, love prop bets. The year, yeah, yeah. The year, um, the year the Giants won the Super Bowl for the second time against the Patriots, I, I used to always put a bet on safety being the first scoring play, and it was that was a Tom Brady. He threw it for intentional grounding in the end zone for a safety. Uh, thank you, forty to one. Thank you very much. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's stuff like that. I, like I, I wouldn't. I very very rarely look at and you know an NFL accumulator and go. I'll oh, stick a bet on five, six, seven, eight matches. I'll, I'll sort of focus it around Cheltenham or the draft or the Super Bowl. Um, I do have one draft bet on already, which is thankfully the odds have, have collapsed since I put it on. So happy days. Um, just because it was a bit of a flyer. But it, it, yeah, that's where I'll sort of focus any bets I'll do. It's very much around an event itself rather than on an ad hoc mm. Sunday morning sort of thing. I'll just put a few bets on. Yeah, um, yeah that's probably how I'd go about it. This is why mm. you follow Mike and not me, Dave. Yeah, like, like I said, I probably end up messaging you at some point going, am I being stupid? And the answer probably would be <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've just actually saw, I've seen the picture you sent me. Uh, of the bets that you placed last year, oh boy! Oh god, what, so is this the draft? Yeah. Have you got Have you got it in front of you? It'd be funny to read. Yeah, I, I do, I do. I don't want to put. I, I don't want to say how much you put on. I mean, this is your. This, 
this is this is your information, so I don't. You know, I can, I can tell you the bets you put on. So you put JOK drafted in the first round. Yeah, that was a fair bit, right? <laughs> it, it it was a fair bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm yeah. not saying a word unless you tell me to. Um, yeah, it's okay, but it was a lot. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, what else did you have? Tevin Jenkins, round one, I think. That worked uh, out, right? That, that was okay. That was a good bet. It was, yeah. Uh, no, it wasn't Tevin Jenkins was picking the second round. Oh with yeah, the Bears. no, that screwed me too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, that uh, third me. pick Trey Lance. That worked. It did, but why didn't you put more money? Why didn't I you know. put the money on JOK? Well, it's easy because to say that now. It. it is very easy. <laughs> but you had four to one. The JOK odds were less than evens. I know. <sighs> yeah. Dave, don't listen to Sawyer. <laughs> no, right now, this this is the thing, though, Dave. What right? Got? Penny Seal to the Lions. Well, no, that was a great pick. That was like four, that was very, What was the odds on that? Fourteen to one, twelve to one. But yeah, twelve to one. Yeah. So you know they weren't all bad, but listen, Dave. The thing is, when I sent these to Mike, he said these were all sure bets. So you know. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> oh no, wait! I've just, <laughs> I've just, yeah, I've just scrolled down to what I said. <laughs> Uh, quote, may as well start spending that J-O-K dollar. <laughs> I told you. I told you. I'm so sorry, son. I didn't know. But that's the annoying thing about this sort of stuff, especially with the draft. We don't know. And yeah. All of a sudden, they had this massive... Was it, was it, a, was it a heart issue? It was issue a heart or, thing, or... yeah, that turned out to be nothing. It was like a false test. Yeah. Yeah. Which is insane. Like, I don't know. I just feel like there should be some recourse for it. I mean, don't be wrong. I know you'll never get it with betting sites, right? But, like, I don't know. That bet should have been voided. It was unfair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, but it's, it's frustrating, actually, because that was the year where I actually felt like I hit some of the best um, the best bets. Like, that, that Penny Sewell to the Lions pick was a really good one. Um, getting Trey Lance at the third pick was not... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I was yeah. I was actually on the pulse more that year than I was... Because even the JOK thing, the, the dude was a surefire first rounder, right? Yeah. Oh, so it, it's you know it's frustrating. This is how it works sometimes. Sometimes when you feel like you've got the best pulse on what's going on, you just get you know playing unlucky. So yeah, I, do you know you had another one here? Chase first wide receiver, Harris first running back, and Zach Wilson second quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I put. I think I put decent that. That is yeah. tasty. Yeah, that was about three to one, roughly. That's a tasty bet. Fair play to you. Um, I tell you, actually, Dave, if I can give you some advice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When Sai gives you a list of bets, look at the bets he's putting not a lot of money on, because because history would dictate those are solid bets. <laughs> it's the it's the bets he puts substantial uh, substantially more or a bit more money on. Um, avoid those. Um, if we, yeah, if we can go on trends, that's probably the best way to go about it. So you know what you know when you send all your bets to Mike, can you just send them to me and I'll bet on the ones that you put nothing on? I'll do that. Well, my uni mates, because they always used to like watching horror as the draft happened, because they were also concerned about my safety. Um, I always send them my bets, and then they were usually put on like divided by a hundred or ten, whatever I put on, just to follow along. And uh, mm-hmm. I think um, I think they still won money that year just because of the odds like, had changed or something. <laughs> or I think maybe they'd put the money on the Penesul thing so that they'd won money, but they obviously they didn't lose as much on the JOK thing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Very, uh, very frustrating weekend that was. Kind of ruined the draft for me, in fact. <laughs> I, I, not surprised. Not surprised. 
if, in fact, I think if Tevin Jenkins had been taken the first round, I think I would have like broke even. I think I just survived. Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Look, it, you got decent odds there. But, um, I think the only bets we can start doing at the moment are who's going to be the number one pick. And I put money on Aiden Hutchinson at fifteen to one, and he's now about evens. Mm. So time that one, uh, time that one well. Just did that end of November. Who's Kayvon um, Tribbett? I hear good things about him. He's the Oregon pass rusher. He he's so he's been number one favorite for most of the season, hmm. and then Aiden Hutchinson dominated against ah. Ohio State, and that's they're they're interchangeable in terms of the odds are very very similar. But Aiden Hutchinson was nowhere near before that game and I that's when I chucked a lot of money on he had a phenomenal game and he's now yeah he's about evens right. give or take um, so yeah maybe we can do this bit, actually bit obviously shows are tight when we come to the draft because there's not many shows between the end of the season and the draft compared to how many positions there are but if we've got the time maybe we could do a little bit of a, a draft betting preview hit some picks and uh, that you can ignore mine and listen to Mike's and <laughs> probably make money <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, yeah, we'll bank I, don't, I, I don't think I did even too well. The, the the big win I hit was I I went for Chase to the Bengals. At four. No, I went Chase at five, irrespective mm. of who the team was. Um, that's probably the only substantial. One. Oh no, um, we were talking about this actually. So I think on day three I got the correct first special teamer, whoever nice. that was. Was it Evan McPherson to the yeah, Bengals? I think it was, Bengals yeah. made Fifth me round. a lot of money last yeah. year. Happy days. Oh, I thought um, the other one that I missed was the first safety. It wasn't um, what's his name. It went to the Jags. It was someone else. Um, uh, was it Javon Holland or yeah, Morig? So I bet on Morig. Yeah, and Holland went one pick before Morig, and I think that was 125 quid alone. <laughs> oh Jesus! Hi. Yeah, got killed. Got real killed. So I like that. I like my one idea. pound bet. Thank you very much. So you should. I did. I put a one pound bet on the draft on the 18th of May um, for Spencer Rattler to be the number one pick. Um, he's not even in this draft, um, <laughs> but that was only a pound, so I don't have to sweat too much about that. Yeah, I put more than that on Dwayne the Rock Johnson to be the 2020, 2022 presidential uh, victor. So not 2022. When was the last one? Whatever you know what I mean. As we say, Dave, do not listen to Soy yeah. with bets. It's probably solid advice. But hey, I like the idea of doing a little segment about a couple of draft bets. Yeah, let's do it. Um, and then wait for the inevitable DMs to come from people saying that they, uh, you know, they <clears throat> they betted their left bollock on a bet. Um, and so you, the, lads are, the lads are coming to the door. You're saying we shouldn't do like a betting podcast, side podcast to this. Is that, that your advice, Mike? Do you know what? I'm probably going to stop giving any advice anymore <laughs> relating to this because I'm going to get myself hounded. Um, we can say what we're interested in, and 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 That's we won't have we won't have people knocking on the door. Um, mm. Yeah, we'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'd be fine. Hopefully, none of our listeners have horrific gambling addictions. They're probably turned off at this point anyway. Yeah. Um, but let's just let's just hope and pray. That's not a bad idea. There's usually a couple of interesting bets and a bit of crack to be had closer to the draft for that sort of yeah. stuff they probably all turn enough to go and put money on Dwayne The Rock Johnson being next year's <laughs> candidate <laughs> it was only one power 50 the worst part is the odds I only got 66 to 1 jeez <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was the day Trump got elected um, oh anyway uh, just ridiculous right okay um, oh, I just want to say something. Oh, I, t- 
I'll tell you what I wanted to say, and it hasn't come up in conversation, so I'm going to have to bring it up. Instead mm. of spending your money on, on a ridiculous amount of draft bets, buy a new TV, which is what I've done this week. Ooh, oh, yeah. Dave. A smart, a smart TV? Let, let me tell you. So, so this is what happened, right? I bought a TV about three years ago, right? Like a 65-inch TV. But the problem, because I have to have the biggest TV. That's the problem, Dave. 65 inch it's never been about quality Jeez. right traditionally with me because when i was yeah. in when i was in uni i bought like a pretty cheap but big like 50 inch tv and that was back when 50 inches was huge right so then i got the 65 inch and i always liked being the guy who had the huge tv because people would like come and hang out when we watched it but then i've got this tv i had this tv for the last few years and it, it's like it's decent like it's it's like a mid-range um, but when we got like the, the new consoles and stuff that did like 120 frames per second and all this stuff, I wanted something that was like matching that. So I wasn't wasting the power of the, you know, the games that I'm playing and stuff like that. So, uh, went out and bought like the best gaming TV you can get, uh, like a, like an LJ, LG OLED or singing or dancing thing. And oh boy, man, this is a game changer. Listen, whatever you're doing, stop doing it. Stop, stop buying food. Stop feeding your kids. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Stop betting on Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Stop betting on Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Just stop doing everything and just go and and get yourself like a proper, like decent, high end TV in 2021. The picture on this stuff, man, is insane. You know, you get that Dolby Vision going. You're like watching Star Wars, and it looks like I'm there. Oh, it's, oh this is next level. This is this is a game changer, man. You're watching Star Wars, and you hear Gavin in your ear going, "This is this wouldn't happen in the law." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you 60 actually inches, hear man. 60 65 inches, man. Inch, 65 inches. I mean, I, I've, got, I've got a 32 inch. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not being modest. I mean, I, I've, 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 I've had this 32 inch TV since I was, I don't know, I think I was 16. I think my parents bought it for me. And it's never gone wrong. <laughs> call, call me a peasant, but I'm still rocking my 32 incher. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with it. I, d- I don't. I don't need a double the size, you know. See, d- or Dave. singing or dancing, mm. you know, crotch but... extension. I'm. I'm good at my <laughs> crotch extension. This is why you don't watch stuff, though. I wouldn't watch Dune if it was on a 32 inch TV either. No, but then I, w- I watched it at the cinema know, on a, a mega whatever inch that is. Oh, you know what? I, I watched a movie. I watched that. Um, don't look up. Oh. You were on about. oh, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, we, won't, we won't spoil it then, but did you like it? I thought it was a little bit too long. Hmm. It felt like it dragged at points, but I enjoyed it. Like I, I liked that sort of last third. <laughs> yeah. The last third I really enjoyed. Yeah. So, yeah, I was into it. <laughs> Mike finds something hilarious. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Head out of Gore Farrell. It was a bit too long. Is that, is that the is that the issue? Well, you, well, you spent the last two minutes talking how proud you were of your thirty-six inches, <laughs> then saying, then saying it's gone too long, it's dragging around a bit. But the last third was alright. I mean, I'm done. <laughs> you didn't even know you were doing it, which is the best bit. I mean, if, if I had thirty-two inches, it would be dragging. Put it that way. <laughs> oh, God. I can only apologise. The um, the quality of this conversation has uh, has dipped significantly. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm Sorry. trying to do is come in here and brag about my new TV, and then you know this is what I get. <laughs> I like I, I like this mic guy. You can come back again. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, 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 how was your how was your common man rankings like? You know, being from Bolton to now sitting with a 65 inch TV, <laughs> well, sitting listen, in your futons. I already mm-hmm. had a 65 inch TV. I just replaced it with a better 65 inch TV, Mike. So, first of all, let's let's get our facts straight. Secondly, what I will say is this: I think that the common man rankings 
take more from uh, the beginnings than the ends, you know? Uh, it's more about... Oh, rags to riches. Yeah, well, not rags to riches, but just rags to, like, a depressed 20-something sitting on his couch watching his big TV. Um, like, <laughs> I think that's <laughs> that's the way to go. I, I, I don't know. I, I, th- I, I, I do feel snobby sometimes these days, but maybe that's just because I live in New York and I'm, I'm used to, like, the Bolton lifestyle. Um, I don't know. I must admit, I probably have sunk in the common man rankings a little bit. Just a little bit. Um... <laughs> Not a lot. I'm I've still, got the feeling that yeah, I've got the feeling that you know because you're, you're in the penthouse suite, right? Well, I've I mean, got the again, feeling. this is the language being chosen here is very. <laughs> <laughs> you're, in, you're in the penthouse suite with your 64 incher and your and your futons <laughs> and, and your your car that clears its own windows and that or whatever. My wind wipers. Yeah, yeah. Oh my windshield wipers. Oh my wipers. You're there, loving, loving life, and I've got the feeling there's there's a podcast out there. If you look for it, it's out there, where there's someone saying, "If I look through blind binoculars, I can look through to my neighbouring block of flats or whatever it is, and I can watch his 62 inch TV without paying a dime for for my TV, you know, TV license. Someone can watch your TV through their window yeah. and get the same experience with 64 inches." 65 inches uh, sorry, uh, to be honest Dave what happened there was I accidentally pocket dialed someone uh, and I was hearing a ringing noise and I started looking around for it. <laughs> and, then I, and then as I as I turned back into what you were saying you were talking about someone watching my TV through my window <laughs> basically I, what I'm saying is someone can freeload from your TV because it's that big but I mean where from I'm on, I'm on like you said yourself I'm on the penthouse suite how's anyone going to the neighbouring penthouse suite can watch your TV and experience it in the same way you do. I've got upward facing windows. Nobody can see in. Very pri- uh, very private apartment, Dave. It's uh, needed for someone of my calibre. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, you know, we did the whole quiz of how posh. What, what is it? What, what percentage posh twat are you? I think uh, we need to redo the quiz. I think I find a different quiz. I think the thing is with me, um, I don't think I could ever be considered uh, posh or, or even. You know, I don't know what what's below posh, just middle class, I guess, because uh, just of the way I am. Like, I still act very, uh, uh, what's the word, slobbenly, very, uh, I don't know, like a like a commoner. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I totally. I, I find that a bit where where I live. There's a lot of well-spoken people around where I live, and they sort of look at me and might expect me to say something similar. And I turn around and go, "How are you?" And they look and go, "Jesus Christ!" <laughs> yeah, like spraying sp- spraying water at me like I'm a cat in the garden. <laughs> how, how, how much is that due to racism with your accent though is that is that a is that a thing around that way sorry say that to me again how much is that down to racism in your area <laughs> down to your accent yeah if, if you're probably not outside of a 20 mile radius they probably think you're the most uh, uh foreign thing since sliced bread sort of thing it's um in the area you live in, if you light a cigarette, there's some guy in, guy going, he holds fire in his hands. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Probably. I must try. I must. Uh, I must. I must start smoking and test out that theory. Yeah, you should. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Oh, and la- la- last recommendation. Uh, the first thing I watched on the new TV uh, is is the new Cohen uh, directed uh, Macbeth, um, which is. Awesome. Go watch it. 
Get you're not supposed to say that, right? You're supposed to say the, you're supposed to say the Scottish part, oh, right? That, isn't that just like in the theatre you can't say it? Or, or am I not allowed to say it? Oh, you must be able to say it, because that's what it's called. You can't not You've say it. you jinxed the Steelers' season. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if you're one of these people that, that is like uh, me and Gavin Rich at the end of these shows, always talking about movies, go watch... Uh, but I mean, it, it, it might be in a quiet taste. It's like black and white and in like a four-three frame. So I mean, only do it if you like like pretentious films. But it's very good. Um, I wanted to finish, guys, if you don't mind, on um, a message we received because I was talking. You know, I was talking last week about how we get like feedback now from the kebab corners. This has started to happen. Okay. Um, we got one message in. With, you know, we're talking about the Sheffield Steelers. Yes. Mm. Um, we got a message in from Joe Pearson who said, Hi lads, just listening to this week's podcast and thought I must get in touch after the intro regarding the, peng- the Penguins. Um, I'm from Manchester and it was actually the Penguins that got me into American football. Being a Penguins fan, I finally got to visit Pittsburgh in March 2016 to watch a game, of course, and fell in love with the city as well as the hockey t- as well as the hockey team. Um, returning from our trip, we continued to love everything black and gold and we started following the Steelers that season. Uh, it's definitely tough following two sports this side of the pond and I actually watch more Steelers games than I do Penguins games now. Just thought I'd give you a bit of feedback because uh, it's down to the Penguins that I'm actually listening to the podcast as often as I can. Uh, keep up the great work. Love listening when I get the chance. Um, so a very nice message from Joe there. And it just shows what I was saying last week about I wonder if there's people here that go the other way, that got into it through hockey and then uh, are now Steelers fans the way I was talking about the Penguins. So uh, there's at least one listener out there who, who does. I'm, I'm sure there is that people have gone all sorts of different ways with uh, with finding teams. But th- thanks for listening, Joe. Thanks for your, mm. for your message and everything. It's great. Love, love, we, we love the uh, messages. More of them, please. We want more. More messages. Uh, shall I get Kets on it? We can we can change his name to the Head of International Development uh, Domestic... Uh, got, he's outreach. got enough titles. He's got enough it's titles now. Oh, okay. Um, I, think, I think we've satisfied the title quotient of, okay. uh, of, of Kets. Okay. Okay. Sorry, Kets. <laughs> we'll <find> <laughs> <laughs> Dave, Dave will find someone else. <laughs> tell you what, it's great hearing how fans over here how they how, learning how they develop their fandom mm. of their NFL team or you know NHL or whatever it might be through the most random yeah. affiliation or link and stuff like that. It's always if you ever you know going to the games in Wembley, chatting to every other you know fans from every other teams. It's always great crack just sort of catching up on how they became fans and stuff like that. Um, no, it's a great message. Yeah. So yeah, thank you, Joe. Thank you, everyone, for listening this season if you only traditionally listen for the football i imagine you've probably already turned off so i should have started with this but um stick with us through the off season i think the listenership like dips a little bit in the off season usually so there must be some people that that dip out and then come back for the football um but yeah stick with us we'll do draft coverage up until april the end of april when when the draft happens and then as we enter the deep off season we'll we'll mix it up we'll have some different fun topics that's when that's when i feel like this podcast enters its own dave would you agree that's when the all bowling ball team comes out. Right, yeah. That's that's when we start going into all so we, we we sort of discuss I think last season we spent like three episodes discussing what we should do just go before going into the draft, right? We sort of yeah, it, it was a it was a whole thing. It becomes a whole thing. Yeah. So stick around for that and uh, if not, we'll uh, we'll bid you adieu until uh, next what, August, September, when you come back for the football and uh, we'll be happy to see you then. But uh, until then, thank you very much for listening. Um, We'll see you all next week with some uh, roster reset stuff, roster roster review stuff, season review stuff. And um, yeah, see you later. Cheers, guys. Bye, guys. And in the absence of Rich, go Steelers. (laughs) Yeah!